Well, as long as I have you guys both here, <laughs> I have a, a question for the audience. Mm-hmm. So um, I've noticed that my genes have developed a hole right, uh, right in the crotch. Damn. Okay. Probably just from wearing them for like a year. Um, I feel just wearing like, them. I feel like as I've made some changes to my diet recently, I've been losing some weight. I could probably like if I could make it like another maybe month or so, I could just mm-hmm. go get a smaller pair. I'm not really going out that much. Like I can manage that, right? Smaller pair so you'll burst through them even more? <laughs> no, just it's like I don't want to go replace my pants now with the size that's gonna be like too big in like a month. So okay, so it's just wear and tear of your crotchal region. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. What, if you were, what's the like, question, though? There's I mean, like a subtle think, brag here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a brag. I just do you think I could make it a month. I like, mean, I'm not really going outside that much. So I think that I haven't worn actual pants in over a month. So I think you're fine. That's right. Like, I am, I guess, a weird one who wears jeans at home. You're, yeah, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> no one's going anywhere, especially you guys, because your like state is not doing great. <laughs> Where, what's your feeling on the uh on like just the the kilt james uh you know i've never worn one but i think i'd probably feel odd i mean i suppose you'd get used to it after like a while good odd i like don't know nice airflow yeah yeah i I've, I've honestly never done that I even like like my cousin like dragged me to like some ren fair thing once but i still had like jeans on underneath my like you know tonic or whatever uh, Wait, you you wore jeans under a kilt? It was like a tunic. It wasn't a kilt. Okay. Yeah. What's a tunic? It's just like tunic. a tunic. <laughs> whatever, same thing. You know, it's like a long, almost a robe, but it comes down to like you're like a Okay, I just wanted to make sure you know? this wasn't something different than what I I mean, do you have like an oscillating fan at home? An oscillating fan? Yeah, like not like a ceiling fan, but like a regular fan. Uh, I mean, somewhere I have a it doesn't oscillate. But why? That's what I'm saying. These... Take a shower, mm-hmm. wash all your bits like normal, mm-hmm. then oh, go to the fan and just bend over, give it 20 minutes, see that's how you a, like it. That's a long time to just stand there in front of a fan. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, that's not what it's like. <laughs> that's too <Yeah>. much. <laughs> That'll tell you if you want the kilt lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, unless you're standing over a, like a street vent. Yeah. I'm also not, not planning on going lifestyle. like commando, even if I was to wear a kilt. So. Mm. What's the proper underwear situation for the what kilt? I, I mean, or as, under, underwear would probably, be good, probably. As, as, they say, as they say, sheep can hear a zipper a mile away. So I have, oh, you, Pastor, I have a sheep joke because the <laughs> sheep shows up later in this Buffy episode. It does. I was like, Scottish party. Man, <laughs> I forgot how much I don't like the trio. Yeah. Oh God. I watched. Did anyone I watch? Willow. Oh, kind yeah. Of. Did anyone watch all of season six leading up to this? No. I, I watched. Um. Yeah. Everything like one through nine, basically, of the season. Wowzer. Yeah. <laughs> season six is a although a I mood. I did like I think it during all the way the dawn like Halloween episode. I was like working on my puzzle and just like looking up occasionally. <laughs> Let me tell you though, man. Giles is rocking huge Dilf energy. Well, in the season. episode we're about to talk when about. When does he not? True. True. But goddamn. Like, especially, you know, all the way, he is the best part. When, like, the vampire 
teenage boy is like gonna he like kills like three dawn. vampires or something well this dude's gonna violate dawn in some fashion and giles just struts up and he's just like i'd reconsider that son son <laughs> it's like oh god damn although i'm gonna say like i'm i'm generally a pretty big giles fan but i had some issues with him okay I I've, I haven't watched any of these episodes in a really long time except for the musical. So I've read like on Reddit that people are like not super happy with Giles in these last two seasons. I think his decisions were poor. Yeah. Mm. So. All right. Well, why don't we actually get to our podcast? <laughs> if you must. Hello and welcome to Hit Cannon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. And joining us today, Amanda. How are you doing? It's me. I'm good. Um, I don't know why on God's green earth you want to be on your podcast, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I wanted you because I really enjoy your podcast about Buffy. And oh, well, it's thank been, you. as I've told you, it's it's very beneficial to me and just uh, I don't know, like the the nostalgia thing, like you 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 like something a lot in your memory and then you go back and you're like, ooh, you've been very good about helping me, listening to you and Lydia has been very good about helping me be like, oh, maybe the 90s weren't great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I've seen Buffy as most of us have probably like 80 bazillion times, but watching it through now, like more critically, I'm definitely like, yeah, there's a lot about this show that did not age well. <laughs> yeah just didn't but i I still love it so like i'm so glad i didn't have to go back and rewatch like the xander hyena episode (laughs) yeah i think we skipped that one that's like the first season right yeah yeah principal yeah the pack yeah you know xander's just the worst (laughs) there's no love for xander over here none so Uh, i feel like he could have gotten better in later seasons and instead he He didn't though didn't no no, he didn't. Um, and they had no interest in Xander, though. Like after, especially after the wedding, I feel like they really don't care about Xander. Well, it's like they just really doubled down on making him a shitbag. Yeah, well, I noticed it's in like episode three or four of the season. There's a scene where Anya directly is like, "You do want to get married, don't you?" And the answer he gives is so like wishy washy, like kind of like mealy mouth, like he doesn't really want to answer. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. that. That should tell you all you need to know, Anya. <laughs> Time to run away. Well, like, I mean, during, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, during the musical, like their number, I'm just like listening to their respective complaints. <laughs> I'm like, no, I hate what being with Xander does to Anya. So. Yeah. Well, like all the way, they finally have announced to everyone the engagement. And like Giles is having like a pretty reasonable heart to heart with Xander just about, you know, like, where are you going to live? Like, you really ought to have Anya move in, like, especially if two, two incomes. I mean, you can probably put a good down payment down. And like Xander immediately is just like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I got to get out of here. And it's like, really? And it was funny to watch that scene. Like, like watching it now, I'm like, that's like a really good idea. You know, like if you start getting equity now, you know, just thinking of like the responsible (laughs) way. But I guess I could see at the time somebody just like all that responsibility would feel like a lot but you know you didn't have to propose Xander. Well, it's like I he think, just wants engagement party sex yeah. I think he just wants to placate Anya yeah. but um, I, I did notice this uh, while watching these that I think I forget how young they were supposed mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. like they're only supposed to be like what 21 22 
yeah yeah maybe even 21 maybe at most i think at this point yeah because i think um willow mentions being like three years out of high school mm-hmm. um, mm. so i mean yeah that's just not gonna end well <laughs> never i have a lot of questions about the finances this season yeah same yeah seriously Look at um, all these people living in her house and not paying for anything seriously we're gonna chip in right honestly well if our our listeners couldn't tell what we're really talking about buffy the vampire slayer season six uh three episodes in particular in the first half episode seven eight and nine once more feeling uh to be la rasa and smashed um are we gonna do a little what are we watching stuff or just skip right to buffy yeah amanda what are you watching i mean truthfully i'm not really watching anything because i am in the midst of a move and um just have not really had a chance but i so i've mostly been like listening to stuff cool. uh and i'm gonna be real basic and say that i've pretty much been listening to taylor swift's new album <laughs> on repeat so Word. Word. yeah kind That's of same it. there um marco i imagine you watched perry mason oh yeah i watched the end of perry mason it's yeah i don't even i don't even know what to say about the ending it was like a clinic on how to make an unsatisfying ending to a show i guess yeah it was almost like the show thought that like doing the normal perry mason thing was like beneath it and so they're like oh we're gonna like tease that but then it's gonna be a dream sequence because we're too good to just do like the big courtroom scene so instead it's just like kind of like minor key downer unsatisfying wrap-ups and oh you thought this thing meant something it didn't and this person's not really going to get justice and this other person we don't even know why they're on the show to begin with. True Detective season two, mm-hmm. but like period. Yeah. Other than that, I've been watching a shit ton of episodes of a British game show called QI because it's charming and it's, uh, I don't know, kept me company during the past week, which sucked. Um, what about you? Anything other than, than Perry Mason? Uh, I finally watched the last episode of Brave New World, which was not great. I don't know the, the direction they took it in. I thought they were kind of going something a little different. When it, it was just a little more standard, like, I don't know, a rebel uprising type thing. Um, hmm. But I don't know. They're doing another season, so we'll see. I also tried watching a show called Get Even, which I guess is like a Netflix show that I saw Get pitched even. as... I saw it pitched online as Pretty Little Liars meets Gossip Girl. It's not. Um, hmm. It's it's like a show about like prep school in like England or something like that, where it's like it's like this like teen revenge club where they like do pranks on people who deserve it. But it was, I lasted an episode. It was really dumb. And all the actors looked like they were like 27. There was no hyper adrenalized reality. Not at all. No, it was just, it was like way too like weak sauce. It was like (laughs) the, the big thing they wanted to get revenge on was like a classmate stole one of their friend's phones and like published an embarrassing photo of her, which it's fine to get revenge. It just, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem very instantly adrenalized hyper reality i guess no do people not talk anymore about how one of the romantic leads of gossip girl tried to statutory rape a girl in the first episode wow not to yeah. bring it with i have actually watched gossip girl so i did not know that i only watched the pilot of that show i think maybe the first few episodes and one of the reasons i didn't really want to watch it is because i was like i don't really like these people <laughs> no they seem very unlikable yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know. I mean, I know Dan they're Humphrey. doing. He cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're like rebooting the show or trying to. Pandemic aside, but like, do we give a shit about rich people like that? Yeah. 
I guess we do. I mean, reality TV still happens, right? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's any like TV shows that are like happening during the pandemic, you know, (laughs) because that doesn't sound like fun to watch. No, no. It would be the, that uh, Jessica Simpson reality show of her shitty husband. (laughs) Just teasing, teasing his spouse about tuna. Eric Johnson. Um, San Francisco 49ers tight end Eric Johnson. Is that who you're talking the one, about? Or? The one before that. The one, the one before, before that. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, other than Taylor Swift, I've been listening to the to the songs that I like from Once More of Feeling whenever I drive somewhere. Yeah, yeah I've been the guy at the stoplight who's singing along to the songs. <laughs> That's reasonable. I don't think you can help but sing along. I haven't watched this episode in like literal years probably and I was still singing every word, so... Let me tell you what, you what will never, ever stop me from laughing at it, but also make me sing along is Giles saying, tell me. <laughs> the, the Dilf energy of yeah. tell me. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still reading the same thing last time, which is that book, The Night Country, which I don't know if I've made any progress on, but I really need to finish it because I'm almost at the end. Uh, I've been reading The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, or I finished The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. Oh, I need day. to read that. I, um, been many years since i read the handmaid's tale so like i'm curious i need to go back and reread the ending of that mm-hmm. like the uh the postscript just to see how it because they kind of do like some like sweeping up to like tidy this into that and i was like wait a minute though anyway <sighs> just light reading for mm-hmm. feel good times yeah you know just a little distracting story mm-hmm. all right well why don't we get to buffy yeah. Uh, so normally, Amanda, we do kind of opening statements or thoughts on this group of episodes or part of the season. Do you do you have any? Um, I do. I mean, overall, like I was again, really, I forgot how much a Willow is terrible um, in this Here. batch of episodes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the trio is so boring, so stupid. Um. And I just feel really bad for Buffy. I feel so bad for her. Spike is gross. Everyone's being terrible. No one is being supportive. Um, her father leaves. It's all really depressing. Season six, really depressing. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Fan season. favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that love season six. Lydia loves season six. I will say. So I intellectually admire parts of season six. I will also run like hell from a lot of it. It's just a little bit of a slog. It's it's just a little too relatable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to decide whether or not I like, like these first nine episodes. Do I like these better in season six or in season five? I'm not sure because there are some high notes. Uh, But Marco, why don't you hit us with your statement? Um, I was going to say, this season, especially once more feeling to me felt almost kind of perfect to watch now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of folks are diving into their, their rewatches or whatever, like that little bit of nostalgia meets comfort food, that fix and mix of the old and safe and the familiar. Um, I mean, this season, of course, just like washed in like PTSD and trauma, and existential angst, and just this sense of there is something wrong with me that I do not understand, but set to song. <laughs> is kind of charming and, and just delightful. I mean, I felt a lot of this so hard. Um, it's, I don't know, I just, and I know I see a lot of people talk about um, 
like describing plot mechanics like music. Uh, I think it really kind of shows here. It's just, it's interesting to see how the plot and the character development and the complex themes kind of mingle and dance to the like music. I mean, just the incredible example of like the resonance of when like Giles's reprisal merges seamlessly with Tara's. Um, it's also interesting to me, just side note, to see that a lot of this first part of the season seems to be filmed outside in the sunlight. I mean, obviously they did like sunlight things in the first few seasons, but here it feels so much like harsher and brighter considering we know it's going to get so dark. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I found it very, found it very interesting. Um, and I just like the idea that people are literally bursting in the song. Anyway, James? Uh, yeah, I, I think Once More Feeling has ruined TV musicals for me forever. It's just so good. Uh, it's a perfect mix of drama and comedy, fan service, a little bit of intrigue. Rewatching the first six episodes of the season, you can really see how all the conflict gets set up, and then the musical just kind of knocks them all over like so many dominoes. Uh, and then, amazingly, the next episode, I'd say, is the second best episode of the season. Uh, this is a really dark and depressing season overall, and the titular character is just depressed and self-destructive for most of it. So I do think it helps to have these two episodes here to lighten the mood and kind of remind us why we like these characters in the first place. Uh, Smashed, I think, is a pretty effective tipping point into the darkness for Buffy and Willow both. I just, I don't know, I feel like once once those uh, cars go over the cliff there, the show <laughs> just steers really hard into certain tropes that I just like, especially the drugs metaphor, I think doesn't work. Um, especially because in, in Smashed, it seems like it's more of like a, a like power uh, type of, uh, you know, desire that Willow has. And then suddenly it's all like, no, it's drugs. Uh, but overall, uh, I definitely really enjoyed watching these three episodes. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I just want to run some, some quick moments from, from the episodes right before it. Uh, mm-hmm. in the first five minutes of season six, Giles has that big ax throwing Dilf energy. I mean, he throws a fucking <laughs> ax. Was it was uh, it just me though, or did it even with all the other characters you liked, it felt like we were really missing something not having Buffy around? Oh hell yeah! Like I, I even the weird mixture of of when she comes back and mm-hmm. how they ease her out of being like this catatonic zombie into Buffy. Um, but like Buffy, like experiencing like just an average day in the life of Spencer Hastings, though. You know what I mean? Like just suddenly very fatalistic and lost and like hiding of humor. Um, there's a moment where Xander's just like, this is deep stuff, Willow. We're talking about raising the dead. And like Willow has the biggest of big dick energy because she's like, it's time to stop talking then. Um, and then I don't know, I, maybe I'm alone here, but Giles at his like scorching hot hottest when he comes back and he ends up in the kitchen that one night with Willow. Oh yeah. He's just like bragging about how you great this arrogant is. amateur. Yeah. And I was oh, like, yes. oh shit, it moved. <laughs> like <laughs> like he's he's so like tough and mean and cruel and like i i kind of love this giles though i do have issues of his leaving but yeah i don't know yeah well uh, season. oh and don's a klepto <laughs> just a klepto. really klepto for klepto. no reason i don't know it just seems like they need like we need some sort of characterization for don sure she can be a klepto yeah uh, but yeah, we're starting with a bang here because we're doing once more with feeling first. Um, so I I have like five kind of like moments from the episode. I tried to avoid actual musical moments as much as possible because we're going to rank all the songs, all the musical songs at the end of our discussion of this. Um, but do you guys have any top moments for the episode? Before I say how many I have, do mm-hmm. you have any, Amanda? I do. Right now I'm scrolling down. Let's see. 
my top episodes from Once More with Feeling um, when Buffy unties the romance novel pirate from the tree and just like whatever and throws her sword. Um, <laughs> her having her like aerial part of your world moment when she stakes the vampire mm-hmm. and then all the dust just like flies in her face. Um, Dawn saying she gave birth to a pterodactyl and Anya's just like straight serious. Oh my God, did it sing? Um, the when she's doing something to sing about like there are two moments where her she just looks like so desperate and I found that really affecting mm. um, and then basically just all of sweet <laughs> hint in battle is clearly the professional onset I appreciated him a lot more this time than I ever did before like when when he's just like I could kill you and she's like it won't help and he's just like yeah it won't help it's bleak it is bleak also like the line that I feel like is just a real fucking 2020 mood is like these endless days are finally ending in a blaze <laughs> yes. yes um so I have nine so I'll run through mine real quick before I get to yours <laughs> your five James okay. um some classical meta moment in this episode including Buffy's utterly iconic line of so Dawn's in trouble must be Tuesday um at the, my number eight at the beginning of i've got a theory song when tara makes the jazz hands along with willow's theories <laughs> willow points at them yeah yeah uh seven when the scooby gang finally shows up to the bronze to help buffy and they see that she's already started her song and giles is like she needs backup anya tara and they just start backup <laughs> singing and hip swing <laughs> uh number six uh, this is like an embarrassment of um riches in this episode but like don't fucking sleep on how good uh Anya is especially in her throwaway moments because she's just like talking about her and Xander's dance number and she's like it's like there were only three walls and not a fourth one (laughs) yeah uh so my number five moment uh man already mentioned it Don just saying I give birth to a pterodactyl and Anya goes oh my god did it sing it's It's just so straight like the line reading is so good Mm -hmm. yeah her delivery is always like 110 percent uh yeah my number five is uh visually i love all the details of the opening fight like not just the fair dude tied to the tree to be sacrificed <laughs> but the horny demon guy in the robe is great she ain't got that swing you know i just love how can i repay yeah. whatever <laughs> uh minor four right at the beginning of the episode the alarm um it's such a good visual indicator of how depressed buffy is that we start with her just staring at the alarm and then it kind of goes through all the other characters like going through their their you know routine at the beginning of the day and then it goes back to the bedroom and Buffy's still just staring at her alarm the whole time. Oh god, 2020. How many times have I already been awake when that alarm goes <laughs> off? Um which is not not the normal. Um my number four, uh the way I was able to go back in time and high five myself in 2001 because we're both fucking children. When Tara sings, you make me come, please. <laughs> it's just so like pure Joss Whedon. You know, it's, it's it's sort of progressive, but it's also very juvenile. I really hate that song, actually. Uh, that's like the one song in here that I really dislike. Wow. Okay. These are going to be some fun ratings. <laughs> I know I should, like, I should hate myself now for it, but I'm just like, it's 2001 and that got on TV. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that part's cool, but... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Levitating cunnilingus on TV. Yeah. I just, awesome. I hate, well, we'll get into it. I don't want to get into it now. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Uh, where are we at? Number three? Yeah. Um, already mentioned, but Sweet saying, what if I kill you? And Buffy says, trust me, it won't help. I just love her like fatalism about everything. Um, number three, just all the visual splendor of rest in peace. Um, especially like when he jumps on top of the coffin to keep singing. I love that. Yeah, definitely good. Um, my number two is when Spike comes in and he's captured the, the weird little like, um, minion guy. Uh, I don't know if those guys had names or not, but he says, come on then sing. And there's like that big build up, And then he's just like, my master has the Slayer sister. Yeah, he doesn't. He just says it. Uh-huh. It's just the, the way they, they build it up. And then it's just like this really kind of like toneless uh, dialogue and said, it's pretty funny. Uh, number two, there's a lot of little moments in give me something to sing about, but just Sarah Michelle Geller, especially when she really gets the emotional heart of it. And I don't know, there's so much to mine from Willow's reaction. Because they really, like, going back rewatch, they really fucking oversell that everyone assumed that Buffy was in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they don't just want their friend back. It's solely because she was in hell, they assume. Um, so when, when Willow hears that news, I, I, I was like, shit, that still hits me. And let's see, my number one is, it's the, at, at the end of... Um, walk through the fire when Buffy like kicks the door in and there's like this like kind of like lingering guitar and uh, sweet says showtime. That's just like a really like hyped up moment. Like I remember watching that, like it was like, Oh man, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one is similarly from walk through the fire. Like there's a bunch of moments in that, that sequence, the, the cross cutting of things. And then like the superimposing where it's like, it's like Tara's eyes and profile is like Buffy's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially there's a part where, they're talking about the blaze and like the fire trucks just start yes, passing them. The, in the, the perfectly timed fire trucks when they sing burn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's just so much in that musical sequence that I love. So that's my number one. Awesome. Well, uh, I figure we can work our way through the rest of the episode, just kind of some general conversation. Um, I do really like the going through the motions song at the beginning. I feel like it's one of the more underrated ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that this episode just starts in full musical mode. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a really smart kind of uh, like reasoning for the musical. I mean, they can do this on Buffy. They can just say, oh, it's a demon that makes people sing. Mm-hmm. But because it like it excuses them not having perfect voices or perfect choreography. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if if they're not like like, you know, excellent dancers, you're like, well, they're they, they wouldn't be normally. They're just doing their best or whatever. So it, I feel like it, it just works so well in that regard. What is the right number of people to be living on one floor of a house to have only one bathroom? Oh, they got to have two, right? I'm sure there's one of the master. This sequence shows you there is one bathroom upstairs. Maybe they're just not using the master in Joyce's room or something. I don't know. The master has a door into Joyce's and a door into the hallway. And Mm -hmm. that door in the hallway looks out into Buffy's. And this is four people, right? Yeah. Four people. Yeah. And and are Anya or not Anya? Um, are Tara and Willow paying any rent at all? That's what I'd like to know. You know they're not. They're because like, that's oh, when Buffy has to get a job at Double Meat Palace. They're like Buffy, you're out of money. Uh, we're not going to mention the fact that we've just been like mooching off uh, your mom's inheritance for months now. Seriously, I mean, like this is like a Patricia Highsmith novel, except for the supernatural elements. Like we fucking killed this girl, 
and took over her house. Yeah. And well, they just burned through her. all her money in like five months. Yeah. Like two episodes earlier, they're just like, here's a shit ton of bills that have never been paid. It's yeah. like, how long have you been living here? How long have you been living here if you haven't been paying the bills? <laughs> like, Buffy, I guess you're going to have to get a job. <laughs> we'll, we'll still be living here rent free, but. We're not going to get jobs. Oh, I do love before Giles initially left for England, he like doesn't get involved with that domestic shit whatsoever. And Giles needs to be like, hey, counsel, can you fucking pay this girl? Seriously. How do they not pay her? How does he only he get paid? Yeah, some sort of stipend or something. He, he, should, would, he should pay her. She's like, hey, I, I can't like patrol every night because I'm working at a fast food place. Is that Does that work for you guys? Or maybe you want to kick down a little bit of money? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my shifts at the Double Meat Palace are really interfering with my slaying. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a smell, and they don't want to come near me. The vampires are like, "What is that? Two kinds of meat?" <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like an insane notion to me. I don't know why. Yeah, they really have a problem with that vegetable <laughs> protein. <laughs> Oh my God, like the money situation. I mean, yes, you would worry about money, but I feel like Willow and Tara have made it so much worse. And Willow, in the grip of her magic problems, isn't just like, I'll magic away your finances. Yeah, really. She'll magic sheep into the bronze, but she won't magic money. I feel like there's so many ways they could use their skills to uh, get whatever money they need. You know, they don't need to be rich or anything, but enough to live off of. I feel like Sunnydale owes in that. Most I mean- extreme. Most extreme of devil's advocate, at least the first thing that the Troika did was rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. It is nice that two of these episodes did not have the, the nerd Troika in them. Oh. Yeah, I really... It just been a long time since I've watched season six because I'm, I'm really trying, like, I'm mostly just working through it when mm-hmm. we do the podcast, so I haven't really revisited it in a while. Yeah, yeah. God damn, I forgot how much I hate them. <laughs> Warren is just like the least likable character. Yeah. Well, he's he's like the realest human being. I know, and I hate his fucking guts. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely see where Andrew will become what Andrew becomes here. Because um, again, he has a line that still makes me laugh when he's talking about, no, I sent the flying monkeys after the school play. And everyone was like, run, Juliet. Yeah, I mean... Like, Andrew and Jonathan are dumb, but Warren is just awful. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's terrible. Yeah. And and maybe too smart. Like, uh, I know this is like a magical show, but like, he's building robots. Like, he's big, like sex robots that I just don't think that he would have. He's also like scanning Spike's chip in his basement. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think he has those capabilities yet. Because they're not in school. <laughs> also, and this is getting ahead of ourselves, but I really had to laugh at the British Museum loaning Sunnydale a huge diamond. <laughs> Why does Sunnydale even have a huge museum? <laughs> Why would the British Museum be, be loaning things to the Sunnydale Museum? Well, if I'm not mistaken, in season two, like one of their their guys got like violently murdered the last time they got a major artifact. It's like, maybe stay the fuck away from this town. <laughs> yeah just in general uh, but yeah back to the musical Xander with a, I, I mean I guess this fits his character the respect the donut or respect the crawler oh yeah that's uh, that's him alright I'm sure he loved Magnolia okay 
or those parts this, of Magnolia. That scene where they when she walks in the magic box the next day, this is approaching sex in the city levels of like when are you people even at work or at college <laughs> or whatever they're, ne- they're never at school they were never at school when they were in high school yeah i mean is andrew's just constantly like my crew is handling it well don comes in in a second right so or no that's Maybe a little later actually- okay so yeah it's like the it's like i don't know 10 or 11 in the day or something who even yeah knows. yeah I mean, think about the amount of time that uh, they managed to have before school in Rosewood. Yeah, so. they yeah. they started their day at like five a.m. every day or something. <laughs> Early sunrise over there. So I love the pause before everyone like also joins in about how they experienced song and dance the night before. Um, Giles is just hilarious. So Giles clearly was like, "I've got to move out. Thanks for letting me sleep on your couch. You have one bathroom and four ladies. That's not working for me." Well, yeah. Then <laughs> He draws a salary so he can rent a place of his own. <laughs> also, you know that apartment got him like a sweet fucking deal. Like, that is he still getting a watcher salary? Yeah. And if, if yeah. so, shouldn't he be required to stay? Or is he or just like... Or I guess maybe like, not. Like, is oh, he... my watcher duties require me to like push you out of the nest here. So I'm going to keep collecting a paycheck. Have fun. I'm just not going to hypnotize you with a crystal this time. No, my question is... Were the Watchers never really expected to work with their Slayer after age 20? Because they usually died. Yeah, they're usually dead. Well, Nikki Wood was older, right? Uh, Robin Wood's mom. We had a kid, but I don't remember if we know how old she actually was. She seemed older, I guess. Um, But yeah, like they're just like, wow, your Slayer actually needs a job. They're usually dead by 19. So it's never been an issue. We're not used to having to to deal with them after their parents stop Mm -hmm. supporting them. But just the, that would explain the huge backing orchestra I couldn't see in the synchronized dancing from the room service chaps. <laughs> <laughs> so we get space here for your flashback to the Mustard Stain prequel song and I'll Be Misses. I love that. So I don't think we see coconuts in that. Devonia mentions the coconut song. Yeah, Dancing with Coconuts. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wonder too if living in hotels will only strengthen Giles' resolve to get the fuck out of this town. I mean, he could be expensing it. So, mm. it's the same. It's the same hotel that the Watchers Council stayed at like mm. the previous year. <laughs> yeah, he's just saving his receipts. Um, but Anya finally gets to show us how she feels about the bunnies, and um, you know that Jobs and Will have had plenty of like this bitch conversations about things Anya's done. Do I mean, they look. Think... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, do you think that Anya, like when she sees a rabbit, just thinks about like have you ever seen Night of the Lepus? Have no. Been, no. Okay, well, it's a like a really terrible, funny horror movie from the like I think the seventies about giant rabbits, like mm. giant bloodthirsty rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you Google them, that's what I think that Anya sees every Just time. Imagining giant bunnies. What do they even need such good eyesight for anyway? Every time I watch this scene, I'm just like weirdly fascinated by the outfit that Anya is wearing. Because yeah. it's oh, like the sure. way the way her top is cut in like this weird triangle shape is just very bizarre. And the way it lights because I don't think that moment. was ever a style that I can remember. No, that was never a style. But I, I read somewhere that she Anya or Emma Caulfield used to sing just like rock songs like this, like for fun on set aggressively. Yeah. So <laughs> according to like the wiki or something like that, that's uh, what partially inspired this. Yeah. So so Buffy gets into her version. You know, it doesn't really matter. They can face anything. And I love when she gets to the "Hey, I died twice." Mm-hmm. And like Giles is just like, "LOL, good one, Buff Buff." <laughs> Everyone's very cavalier about her about her dying and coming back to life. 
Oh my God. In that episode, what I totally forgot about was that they show us her rotted. Oh, horse. yeah. <laughs> they, they go all the Slowly way there. Slowly reforming. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate God and everything that goes with it, but three days is about as long as I want to be dead <laughs> before I come back. Um, yeah, so I love the, is it just us? And of course, there's David fucking Fury outside singing about the mustard. I forgot that he like has like a whole role in the the angel puppet episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn, I forgot about that too. I wonder what he's up to these days. Sucking shit. Um, <laughs> apparently, we hate David. We hate David Fury. Um, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, sure, I'm not getting away. Not? I'm not getting away with that. Yeah. Um, Willow whispering things in the Tara's ear while the group is doing their thing is great. Like, I just love that Willow's just like straight up like, let's smash. They have no chill. Willow has no chill. I don't feel like sh- she would be this unsubtle. Well, and also, I mean, I guess that it's in character for Xander to have no chill about it, too. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I bet they're not even researching or whatever. Why yeah. are Willow and Tara dressed like they're going to a render? Yeah, I know. This has always bothered me. It's like just for this episode that they dress like that. Like they're wearing costumes. They're not wearing clothes. I especially don't understand Tara's outfit. I understand Tara's more than Willow's for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. The corset just. Holy corset. Um, (laughs) Also, Dawn is stealing shit like that kid from Can't Hardly Wait. Like she's just (laughs) in the background, just swiping things. Kind of dangerous to just steal things from a magic shop. Well, as she'll learn later in the episode, for sure. Yes, as she'll learn later. Or it's bold as fuck. Um, They walk through the sunny park. There's, I mean, like, Tara's, like, funny now. Like, Willow teases her about the guys checking her out, and she's just like, wait, I'm cured. Yes, she is funny. (laughs) They've definitely given her more this season. Yeah. Just being the girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, I, I, as I said before, I... Do not like the song, and it really bothers me. I'm. I like the I, uh, the little magic fireworks they make. It's, it's mean, very Disney. It's like, yeah, Amber Benson has a really nice voice. Like the song mm-hmm. itself is fine. It just bugs me that like I hate the dance. I hate like the fact that she says that what people see in her is Willow. I hate that like the lesbian couple has a plot substanceless song about like how they're going to go have weird levitating sex. I intellectually like the song, but like emotionally, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, number one, for a long time, I assumed that all lesbian relationships were like this. And I was like, damn, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> At the end. Yeah. 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 Um, I know that like the, like this was supposed to be like a full on duet. And then Alison Hannigan was like, I don't feel comfortable singing. And I think it makes more sense to have it be a song about from Tara about Willow's thirst eyes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of other duets, so I don't think this one necessarily needed to be one too. But the uh I just love that the two girls who were just chilling on blankets are like, fuck yeah, let's be backup dancers. <laughs> <laughs> I like like I said, as a song, like I don't really have a problem with the song. I just it, it how it reflects on their characters kind of mm. bugs me. And I really don't understand the Ren Fair dancing. <laughs> Yeah, it. I don't know. It kind of fits to their characters in a way. Does it, or does it just fit the outfits that they're wearing? True, true. 
does it this is does it fit Joss Whedon's like box of what he assumes lesbians yes. are like? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, it does. So you see the one guy dance till he lights on fire, and we meet Sweet, who just has the weirdest chin thing, which I can never stop looking at in all of his scenes. Okay, his his chin penis fucking like bothers me. He, like, he bumps penis. it a couple times, and you can see it's just like this rubbery thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. His chin dongle. Oh, now that's entertainment. Yeah. Um, also, okay. So we after commercial, we were with Xander on as they wake up in bed together. I. Okay, I like that little shelf thing around the bed. I fucking hate the way that bed is positioned. You're telling me if she's asleep in the middle of the night, he has to push down the blankets, ass scoot to the edge of the bed to get up to pee? Do you no really think, do you think Xander's doing that or is he just like rolling like, over her? Exactly. Oh, either way. I feel like he would like push her out of bed. I just, all these like weird That's little, song. all these weird little tchotchkes behind them just seem, I wouldn't want that around my bed. Yeah, that'd be annoying. They clearly don't have cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just <laughs> beady eyes pushes me off the bed when he has to pee. <laughs> I, the night. I yeah. think he would. <laughs> In the song, we learn that he doesn't help around the house. Mm-hmm. He ignores her whenever she talks. And she thinks if she gets old, he's not going to like her anymore. Yeah. I mean, this this is like, what's the other word for marriage? Like livable hatred? That's what these two are <laughs> singing about. Like Xander's complaints are like she eats stinky cheese and she has hairy toes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, but like, I mean, like their dialogue is funny. She's like, will you still make me waffles when we're married? And he's like, no, I only make them for myself. But by California yeah. law, you own half them. It's funny, but I'm like, maybe you're not joking, bro. <laughs> I don't think he is. No. But she's, no. and then like, yeah, all he cares about is being warm in her tight embrace. <laughs> yes. With her firm and supple tight embrace. embrace yeah. I do like this song just as a a number. Um, I do too. They're yeah, yeah. they're pretty good, um, you know, just as a, a duet there, and like their moves are pretty good. I like when they climb up on the table and they're like pressing their faces against each other. It's a pretty good, like yeah. old school musical moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it nails that that pastiche for sure. Yeah, they wake up and like Xander's got like the silk pajamas, and Anya's mm-hmm. hair is like perfectly quaffed. Did you see the newspaper headline? Mayhem caused. Monsters certainly not involved. Officials say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the doom and gloom of cohabitation and commitment and how oh. they don't communicate. Great. <laughs> I just like the very first line of the song. I'm like, Anya, no. The man you plan to entangle is not fine. <laughs> so you should put him back. Um, so I love that then they're then walking through Sunday with Giles right after this. Just being like, oh shit, man, we're getting a little too honest with each other. <laughs> We gotta kill this thing. This cannot happen again. Oh, I like the mechanic of like some sometimes they hear what the other person says and sometimes they don't. Like yeah. like when Buffy uh when Giles has his song, she's just like, What did you just say? Which I don't know, maybe that's just a sign of her being completely checked out on life that she wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I hope that's to be true. that lost in thought. By the way, I just looked up David Fury. His INDB photo is like this incredibly pixelated grainy photo of him holding an Emmy. Which has to be from like either 2005 or 2006. So, what a bastard. Yeah. He won for, for Lost and 24, which are like both shows that he like dragged through the mud later on. <laughs> what a son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the three of them are walking, talking through town, and then we like kind of pull away to focus on Marty Noxon singing to the cop about the parking ticket. This about is, how she doesn't have underwear that's on. That's a to- I, I really have to wonder who came up with that line because, yeah. 
it wouldn't it, like it, it sounds super Joss Whedon, but it wouldn't totally shock me if like Marty came up with that too. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, this is kind of her season. Like yeah, all yeah. the all the like Spike bad boyfriend well, stuff is her. So I will enter into evidence to support your claim. <laughs> Exhibit A: the ending of Smashed. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, um, I read that the uh, the like dancing like uh, dudes with the brooms universe. in the background. Those are the guys from the opening song. The, like they're the, also the vampire the, and yeah, the henchmen. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically any other dancing yeah. <laughs> male figures. That's them. Um, I think one of them might have been the tap dancer too. Like there's a shit ton of like reused right, dancers right. in this. Um, but yeah, we got another reminder just so everyone everyone got it. We think Buffy was in a hell dimension. Are we all clear on that? God forbid that comes up this episode. <laughs> I don't know what it would have to do with anything. Yeah. Um, then we get the spike song. The spike song. Oh, this is why I just tell me for information. I I really wonder <laughs> if there was some sort of tug of war among the writer staff during the season because it's like this song is so clearly like feeding the Spuffy shippers, and it's like mm-hmm. was was your ultimate goal always to just like slap them down eventually and be like don't root for that like why are you doing this like it just I don't know it seems very I, schizophrenic. I mean his whole thing in in this episode is schizophrenic. He's like like I. I hope you burn to death. I guess I should come mm-hmm. help you out. Um, Number one, I love it. Number two, just a, just a vampire um, boy and his emotions. Just a I vampire was, boy in a toxic relationship with the woman who's supposed to kill him. Yeah. In Smashed, he is, well, not as most pathetic because he can get worse, but like he's pretty fucking pathetic after he's been on a noble high. But the, oh, yeah. the few episodes before this leading up to it, like they've clearly indicated that like sex with Spike has been on Buffy's mind for a few episodes. <laughs> I like, mean, they do have chemistry, like oh, yeah. mm. undeniably. Their whole thing is like wrong and shouldn't happen. But right, uh, as a I, viewer, definitely I, they have chemistry. Yeah, I I get his like unrequited crush, and he keeps getting these signs that he wants to interpret as hopeful, you know. But yeah. he's he's a toxic dude, and you but know. then she like. Whenever she clearly is like, no, he's yeah. like, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the word no that I think Spike's going to struggle <laughs> with. Um, just going to go on a limb there. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I you know, I, I, I don't think you anyone should enter a toxic relationship. I don't think all relationships necessarily start out as healthy, though. I mean, I don't think this is supposed to be seen as healthy. I just, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. feel like there's a weird thing where they're like, they're really having fun with the relationship and then they're going to turn around later in the season and be like, well, what were you expecting or something? I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a weird mixed message from the writers on this. I wonder if yeah. they had considered where this relationship was going at this point. Cause I mean, I really like, do. like at the end of the first verse that spike has, he just does this kind of like, mm, like look at her and it's like, it's so clearly mm-hmm. like smoldering, just like, here you go yeah. shippers. This is what you want. It's super hot. Um, but then, it is super hot. Yeah. That sexy but, Dutch angle when he sinks to his knees and he says, <laughs> and you just love to play the thought that you might misbehave. Well, as his eyes rove down her body. Yeah. 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 Is, I, honestly, though, like Buffy rolling her eyes is really a, a mood for this song because it is so melodramatic. Yeah. I, I love the way like, they like first she rolls his, her eyes when he starts singing and then like he kind of rolls him himself because he's like, oh, shit. 
And then yeah. I love when he like pops out like a little gopher and he's like, so you're not staying then. <laughs> also, who the shit has a, a nighttime funeral in Sunnydale? Sunnydale. I, I love the Fucking nighttime insane. funeral. Also, I love like the funeral organ on the soundtrack yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect oh, vampire Marshers rock song. Playing, yeah. playing guitar. Yes. But yeah, just when he jumps up on the coffin, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is this is perfect. Um, then they fall into the open grave together and it's like for a moment, maybe she's considering or she's feeling the heat and then she gets up and runs off. Yeah, I don't know. Well, um, she runs off because she's feeling the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. like it. Everyone's got to go towel off. Um, so then Tara comes to check on Dawn and Dawn's room. We get the hint that like Dawn summoned the demon responsible for all this because she... She she takes out the little locket. We'll we'll get to the hint that she summoned them in a little bit, but um, this is where she's like, "Oh, I'm glad you you and Willow aren't fighting anymore." And Tara's like, "What?" I poor Tara. Even shittier, she's wearing like the mystical forgetful weed, like on her shirt, like a corsage. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, there's an even scarier force out there. We're told Michael Flatley, the Lord of the Dance, which. As Chandler Bing told us in my favorite episode of Friends, his legs seem move, move seemingly independent of his body. <laughs> Here's what Jesus uh, so Don um, gets kidnapped, and then when she wakes up, she does a little ballet and has this dance with the uh, the weird henchman guys. I love their looks, like the big heads. I guess this is a Michelle Trachtenberg who's a dancer and like wasn't super comfortable singing, so she's like, "Oh, let me make a dance instead." I think she does mm-hmm. a pretty good job here. Um, there's like a part where it's like, he's kind of like making her dance a little in a way. Like, I think she does a good job, like physical acting of like, Oh, I don't know what my hips are doing kind of a thing. You know, like, like she's like at dancing as though she's like being, you know, manipulated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When it, when it goes away from the zoot suit, Pinocchio mm-hmm. to sweet himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he starts like tap dancing. Changes uh, his uh, thing from red to uh, blue. Yeah. He's just his cool. own mouth off. Um, yeah but we find out that he thinks he's here because of her and again that misshapen chin dick is (laughs) I really like the the like dance that the the minions do where one of them like acts out catching on fire while the other keep dancing I don't know it's like a neat little choreographed moment oh he dropped some slang that I haven't heard since Miller's Crossing which I'm going to look up what is the soft shoe it's uh, tap dancing I think I believe is it Mm mm-hmm Okay, I just know there'd be some people tap dancing in YouTube videos. Cool. Uh, tap dancing is not cool, right? I mean, it is when he does it. it I, 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 I guess it's cool if it's a, a trained person in, in an appropriate... Like, I don't think you just go on the street and start tap dancing. I don't think that'd be very cool. But... Like I, no, that would be really weird. Like, I'm not going to go on a date and be like, do I have any special skills? Boy, I do don't. I. <laughs> Maybe you should. I mean, I think it has its places. There's a one of the uh, Rilo Kylie did a song is on their like greatest hits album or something where there's like a tap dancing part of it. That, I don't know. It works. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a there was a band called Tilly in the Wall that used to. Just, they didn't have any percussionists. They only had tap dancers. Which that, I could see that being super dorky or cool. I guess it depends. It was on, really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Feel Mar- like you guys Marco. should talk. You should talk me out of this. <laughs> No, get some tap shoes. <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> get, to get yourself some tap shoes. It's your quarantine hobby. 
<laughs> annoy the we fuck all, out of your neighbors. We all need to come out of this quarantine with a different hobby. Yours okay. can be tap dancing. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. I already know the answer, but worst, most vile hobby I could pick up, tap dancing <laughs> or bagpipes. <laughs> oh. I Hmm, that's tough. So I feel like Here's the thing tap about, dancing is more like you can kind of do that anywhere as long as you have the yeah. shoes on. Uh-huh. I think I the thing that makes it better or worse is whether I'm good or bad at it, you can't tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> so maybe you've never done it before at all. We don't know. Well, you have stairs in, in your townhouse. You could just like have them, you know, uncarpeted and like, you know, like wood veneers or something that you can just practice on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also. I, have yeah. you considered why not both? Tap dancing while backpiping? Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're uh, a I'm looking to get killed by the local townspeople. <laughs> yeah, so then um, we get the uh, the Giles power ballad song. I like the line, uh, if we hear any inspirational power chords, we'll just lie down until they go away. I would love an 80s training montage. <laughs> Uh, and then super shitty because like uh, I just rewatched all the way this morning and uh, Giles is like, someone's got to talk to Dawn about her ha- Halloween hijinks. And Buffy's like, like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm going <laughs> later. To bed. Yeah. And here she's just like, oh, I thought you took care of that. And he's like, yeah. the fuck. <laughs> but I'm just like, like, and this is a, obviously a good song because Anthony, Anthony Stewart has a great voice. But I'm just like, no, Giles, play the father. That's yeah. your job now. I love this song. I, I always like the uh, the moments on the show when it's clear that SMG is doing at least some of the stunt work. And like she's mm-hmm. definitely doing some of it here. She's like doing like this weird leg stretches and she does like a full roundhouse kick at one point. Like, I don't know. It always, it's always exciting when it's not clearly the stunt double. And also, you know, I myself gave boy bands a lot of shit back in the day. But like it's it's in a hell of a singer who can perform while throwing ninja stars and knives <laughs> at a girl. Right. I mean, wait, did boy bands ever do that? No, but they should have. Yeah. Is Justin Timberlake ever doing like a roundhouse kick to like kick a knife out of the way? Because that is a pretty cool shot. Nick Lachey is just throwing daggers. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. It's like they're going to start the song and they're like, by the time the song is over, I will have killed every one of these backup dancers. (laughs) And you're like, oh, shit, now we're talking. (laughs) Oh, man, I might have liked boy bands. (laughs) I should have paid double for this concert. (laughs) Um, yeah, so elsewhere in the magic box, Willow's like doing something. Like Tara's kind of like snuck in to like confirm her magic forgetful weed theory. Well, what, what time is it, do we think? Is it like <laughs> nine at night or I don't know? That's a question yeah. that has no answer. Because it was yeah. kind of like Willow, I don't know, maybe it was more like eight because it, it seems like Willow or not Willow, uh, uh well, Dawn was like settling down later on. That yeah, it's it, it was Dawn's bedtime then. Mm-hmm. Midnight is when. Dawn becomes like the child bride in Sweet's Hell or whatever, yes. right? Okay, sure. So we're somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, Xander and Anya, of course, bickering behind the the counter. Um, I mean, swear to God, the magic box plays like their friend runs a dispensary and they just <laughs> hang out there and provide free labor for product all the time. It's yeah. conveniently empty whenever they need it to be. Yeah. There's no yeah. customers. Yeah. So Giles' whole song is how he wants to stand by her. He feels like he's standing in the way. He wants to get the fuck out of town. I love how oblivious she is. The cool, like, he's in normal speed and she's in slow motion. I like that effect. Yeah. And then just great song. And then when they both, like, step into the next scene and it's like Tara and Giles, like, blend perfectly. 
I was blown away, man. It was, it was awesome. When they both sing Wish I Could Stay, holy shit. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good duet. Yeah, it's a really good song. And I, I think these are the two best voices. I mean, Emma Caulfield's pretty good too. But mm-hmm. if, if you were to like rank just like in terms of like natural voice talent, I think you'd put Anthony Sirhead and uh, uh, what's her face, Amber Benson at the top. Yeah, good time for everyone to go listen to his album, Music for Elevators, which is <laughs> yes. okay. It is okay. I think I have a physical copy of that somewhere still. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so, so... Speaking of fashion, by the way, what Willow is wearing now, she has like this... I don't even know how to describe it. Like that weird coat that's all like like feathery or something. This is not a Willow outfit, right? None of these are. Although uh, Willow does have a history of wearing weird furry yeah i think this is willow's new i I guess you could argue that like her identity of the season is like i'm a powerful witch so i'm gonna start dressing like i'm in ren fairs and like i don't know glam rock bands she's (laughs) cleo (laughs) whatever whatever what's her name listen to and 10 things i hate about you i wear that now Well, the, her uh, and Will or uh, Tara are both doing some weird stuff with their hair, like really weird, like braid situations. Like I think with the episode where they break up, Tara's hair is like in a totally bizarre style. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's got yeah. it in all like the tiny little like pin coils. Pins. Yeah, like yeah, like a beehive of tentacles of hair. <laughs> um, there's a great moment here when like Willow's just like, "Oh, hey, there's my girlfriend here," and Tara's just like, "Yeah, here's some fucking cold shoulder." <laughs> that was very early two thousands. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I didn't comment earlier, but Spike's red shirt, I feel like uh, that's a, a real MVP in this episode. He makes mm. it work. Because mm. you'll go to the blue shirt in two episodes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. when he gets very when he sassy. Gets smashed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The blue is when Spike, It's that's, that's Spike's color for when he's trying something, I think. It's <laughs> like in... In Beneath You in season seven, that's his whole thing is he puts on oh, like this, God, this super is. tight blue shirt because he's like, I'm trying something out here and it never <laughs> works. But yeah, Don's in trouble. It must be Tuesday. Classic um, line. There's a deleted scene where they're talking about Sweet and Giles is like, what does he want? And the henchman says, her plus chaos and insanity and people burning up. But that's more big picture stuff. Well, they just cut out that line. Yeah, because instead he just goes, Her. <laughs> <laughs> And then runs away. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like super anticlimactic. Everyone's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, in some ways, it kind of felt like this episode was written with the idea that they might get an audience that wasn't super familiar with the show. Like, I feel like they're doing certain things in this episode to like explain things a little more or like be a little more broad with the comedy. Like, because they knew that, like, oh, we'll probably get people who watch this episode who haven't seen the show. I think it also fits with the musical mm-hmm. genre. I would Things love are usually a little more obvious. To see like the reaction video of someone who's never seen the show. Oh, I, there, you can actually you can find them online. Um, okay. I, I watched one a few weeks ago where it's like this just some dude who's like watching every episode and like somehow did not know it was a musical. And <laughs> like the like going yeah, into it yeah, or like going, 20 minutes going, into it? Going into it, didn't know it was a musical and just like kind of like the look they get in their face like, oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So uh, they need a plan, and, and Giles is just like, "Here's the plan." Buffy goes alone, and then people are like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, Giles is really like I know they don't know she was in Hell yet, but damn dog, read the room. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't know. What is what is the good time to push someone out of a nest? I mean, clearly she's going I mean, through a not, lot right now. But. Not when they just like came, even if they thought she was in heaven, like yeah. she's clearly super depressed and has severe PTSD from dying. Uh like would it be better or worse to be like, here's the deal, Buffy, like eventually you're gonna have to do this on your own. We're gonna like lay out a plan over the next year or two or something, you know? I think that would be better. Yeah. Maybe don't like just because like she she got came back and all of her friends just expect her to be like grateful because they dumped her back into her life of like constant struggle and pain. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. the same friends who live in her house and don't pay rent. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, imagine if in Tabula Raza, he's like, look, I'm, I'm leaving. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, so I'm, I'm, I'm skedaddling. And she's like, Giles, I swear to God, if you leave this town, I'm going to fuck the shit out of Spike. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, all yeah. right. All right. Take the, <laughs> take the bullet out of your gun. Flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, uh, I need to cancel my flight. <laughs> um. Uh, so again, Anya, like uh, Don may have had the wrong idea in selling this creature, but I've seen some of these underworld child bride <laughs> deals and they never end well. Well, maybe once. I want to know what the once was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a book or a comic book about it. <laughs> yeah. So Willow wants to do magic and Tara is emphatically like, no. And Willow's like, what? Huh? It's time magic always works out. Walk for me. through the magic fire. It works out super great. It's not like I made Buffy and Spike fall in love once. Yeah. Um, Spike, oh, I mean, there's, Spike there's, does a whole lot of just like pacing behind the bronze, like for I don't know several minutes. Yeah, um, there's a, there's you know some good turns of phrase here, and Buffy's just like, "What do you expect me to do, Giles?" And he's like, "Your best peace. Yeah, uh, get out." Yeah, I love that she's like holding her hands near the trash can fire. Like, what is the where does the trash can fire come from? Well, this is anarchy is uh, descended on. <laughs> Sunnydale, as it often does, because everyone's singing and dancing. <laughs> step musical, <laughs> second step, anarchy. Yeah. So Dairy yeah, has caused widespread chaos. <laughs> the song starts. She passes Decker Sports, where, as we've talked about, she and Faith had their B and E date. Um, but I do think I, this I, is I, all really setting up the the depression angle on Buffy, which I think is definitely the more successful of the metaphors between this and like magic as drugs. Like, the magic of drugs is not yeah, good but Buffy being depressed this whole season it's it's hard to do because nobody really wants to see their like main character go through that, but mm-hmm. I do think they do a pretty good job of communicating her mindset and you know just the not wanting to get out of bed, feeling dead inside that sort of stuff, and I think not totally hitting you over the head with it in a way, yeah, like um you can you can still watch this show when it first airs and be oblivious somewhat like myself um well i feel like I as say, i've gotten older and like understand human emotion more like it it it, it just hits deeper I, I think it's pretty yeah. well written yeah um i will say though i do find spikes first to be fucking hilarious i hope she I hope fries she i'll free if that, free bitch, that dies. bitch dies i better help her <laughs> i want to give a special notice to buffy's like badass sexy power coat duster thing she's wearing yeah it looks like it looks like the lady version of Angel's Duster. <laughs> and I like it. I'm here for nice. it. Also, Xander's dressed like a guy trying to dress like Tyler Durden, but like not having <laughs> 1999 Brad Pitt physique. I don't get Tyler or uh, Xander's fashion in this season. For a while, he like, was pretty cut, although I don't think he is well, anymore. It's not on the like show. he's out of shape in this season, but they're dressing him like. Well, 
everything is three sizes too big. Even in high school, he wore like these gigantic shirts. I don't know. They've never been able to put a shirt on Xander that fits him properly. Yeah. You would think Anya, you would, I mean, number one, tell me Anya's not dressing him completely now, right? She could be. She should be. I mean, like, she's like, all right, put that shirt back and find the one that's in your size. I mean, she definitely bought him those silk pajamas. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Which is the best he looks in this episode. (laughs) Um, There's like a, there's a shot of Buffy walking in darkness from high above, but sideways in this, this like montage. I love it. There's just like an orgy of wonderful bits of editing here. I think Um, this one's mostly filler. (laughs) She came from the grave, much graver. First he'll kill her. Then I'll save her. Mm Mm-hmm burn let it burn <laughs> this is a great song this song is i feel like this, I actually, this episode is why joss whedon probably has such a massive ego because like he can do this but yeah <laughs> for like a year he was just mr once more a feeling mm-hmm. like he just wore like a blazer that just had like musical notes on it <laughs> um yeah, so after commercial, uh, you know, after the showtime, Buffy just, or uh, Sweetie's just like chilling on his throne as Buffy saunters in. And she's like, I love a good entrance. And she's like, how are you with death scenes? <laughs> I mean, the fatalism, the self-loathing, the quips, there's a little like man of no name swagger. I mean. Also, when, when she starts singing, which I don't know why this song isn't called Life a Show instead of something, Life's a Show. But um, she's in the the line where she says and you can sing along it's like this cut close up on her face as she's kind of staring directly at the camera it's like mm-hmm. they did that just for like the trailer and future you know buffy sing along events or something so the only other person who looks at the camera in this episode i think is anya in her song of xander well it was like there was a fourth wall that was missing yeah yeah i don't think he ever quite looks at us because you know the shame won't let him make eye contact with the audience um yeah i like the yeah, little, so you, little fight in the middle of it she needs backup on your terror yeah this is a great song mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. and you really get a lot of uh, a lot of emotion out of her face mm-hmm. and, and then cutting that, to willow being like horrified yeah yeah girls will just point out that sarah michelle geller fucking hated filming this episode <laughs> I can see that. She has the most to do. She's doing yeah. all this dancing, singing probably the most songs of anyone, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she did a great job. Well, I, I think that shows kind of how committed as a performer she was. Like, she originally, they were like, I guess, talking about like dubbing her or something like that. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it. And like, she like forced herself to like sing well enough to, for everything. Mm hmm. Um, at one point, she's like, you know, give me something to sing about towards the end. And she looks at Sweet and he just like shakes his yeah. head no. It's just this like <laughs> horror on her face. Um, so, okay. I mean, again, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a basic spuffy bitch. This moment gets me when he stops her from smoking. How did, how did you guys feel about this? I guess it's one of those things where it's a good moment. Although it, it just, it kind of, it, it constantly feels to me like, what are they doing with the Spike Buffy thing? Because sometimes they want it to seem re- super romantic and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, he's right. And and it, it's, I guess, like, a good moment for, for the pairing. But, like, I don't know. I just keep thinking I need any one of these people to have, like, some empathy for what she is going through. Well, I mean, I think it's the point, but part of why this season is this season is because the only time she sits down to have a heart to heart with Willow, she gets interrupted by Amy the Rat. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like if she had been able to have maybe even just one conversation with her best friend, they both would have had a easier year. But okay. uh, I've been, you know, I've been very lucky. Like I don't have issues that other people have to deal with and, you know, handle. Um, but I mean, his advice, it hit me. It's, 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 you know, times when I've suffered, like, I don't know. I, I kind of thought back to this ridiculous song from a teenage murder show musical. Um, <laughs> That sometimes the pain that you feel can only be healed by living. I, I get that. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good moment for them. And it's a good, it's a good line. Um, and then Xander is like, oh yeah, it was me, by the way. And he has this little gay panic because he's worried that he'll oh, have yes. to be his queen. Of course not. No homo. I just wanted Sweet to just be like, I would destroy you. <laughs> I swear to God, though, look at Xander. He is on the verge of some Bob Belcher bisexual energy. Like, there's a moment where he's just like, oh, my God, are we doing this? His coat, his coat, I'm just looking at it now. It is too big. It's way too big, right? It could it could be a cool look. It is kind of like a Tyler Durden look, but it's too big. Yeah. He could take off one arm, put it around <laughs> Anya, and they could both wear that coat out of there. Uh, just I'm I'm struggling with comparing Xander to Bob Belcher <laughs> because Bob Belcher is amazing and Xander is a garbage bag. In in 20 years, Xander Harris has a mustache and he's balding. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> if Xander was half as cool as Bob Belcher, I would like him a lot more. Um, we get the yes, uh, the title drop line from Sweet here. Sing your happy now once more with feeling. All those secrets you've been concealing. I I feel like I didn't really care about Sweet when this first aired and I first watched it. I like him a lot this time. Yeah, he's I I really like him. Yeah, he's he's exactly like he's the the anchor of a lot of it. You know, he's the actual Broadway performer, so mm. they can have him kind of do what needs to be done that the cast members couldn't pull off. And it shows under all that makeup and that oh, misshapen yeah. chin dick. Um <laughs> So Dawn is the one who starts us off on where do we go from here? Um, Spike realizes halfway through he can just leave. <laughs> They're doing this like, fucking like kumbaya hands or whatever. He's like, yeah, it's it's very, I don't know, like school assembly type dancing or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but just the understand will go hand in hand, but walk alone in fear. And then Giles is like, tell me. <laughs> just getting into it. Uh, and then, of course, in the in the show, we hear them, you know, chorus singing, the curtains close on a kiss God knows. We can tell the end is near. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, and, um, and then the actual kiss at the end there. Um, which looks in the like Spike looks like he's chewing on her face. Oh, this is hungry kissing. And she looks miserable. <laughs> Wait, does she? I don't know. I think she does. Okay. I have okay. to think, considering how good their chemistry is, that they must have pushed for this at least a little bit. Because it seems like they've been like teasing Spike and Buffy since like season four. This is actually yeah. their third kiss on screen. Too, yeah. Right? But like, uh, it's a little bit like if you ever seen that Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield SNL skit where they do the commercial for, for Spider Man. It's like they don't know how to kiss normal. So they keep doing <laughs> these big mouth sucking gestures. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, curtains literally close on it. It's big, the end. It's played super, super romantic. Yeah. It is yeah. with the rising music mm-hmm. and the rising music. But isn't that how bad, hot relationships start too? Like they feel romantic at the beginning. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I bring romance yeah. to everything, so what do I know? Anyways, this left me at tingling back then. It left me spasming of joy now. Um, <laughs> well, let's do our uh, our ranking. So I I kept out like the like like I'm I'm going by the actual CD uh, mm-hmm. like track listings, but I, I left out like the the stuff at the end where it's like just the the suite of instrumental music for different yeah. things like that. So I have I guess it's seventeen here. Let's tell you how I felt. I have ten. <laughs> okay. Uh, Amanda, how many do you have? Um, I actually didn't rank them. I didn't know we were ranking oh, okay. them. So, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. That's okay. Good job, Marco. I... <laughs> sorry, I thought I mentioned it. That's okay. I can do this on the fly. Excellent. Um, you have seven I... songs to figure out. <laughs> I have seven songs to figure it out. I mean, my number, wh- where are we starting? So we'll start, I guess, at the bottom and work yeah, our way up yeah. to number one, yeah. So, uh, I mean, are we counting like the mustard and like the part? I, I counted all those. Yeah. Okay. Um. So if you want, I can just go from 17 to, to, to 11 and then you can just do your top 10 if you just want to do your top 10. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to bother with the mm-hmm. mustard and like the coda and stuff because. <laughs> sure, fuck you, sure. mustard. Fuck you, so, mustard, man. This may be controversial, but my number 17 is the I've Got a Theory Bunnies uh, If We're Together medley there. I just have never really liked that song. Interesting. The Bunnies thing, it's it's fine for a joke, but like as a song, like this isn't the one I really want to listen to again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I have Dawn's Lament at number 16 because I feel like she's a little pitchy. <laughs> I don't actually know what that means, but yeah. Harsh note. <laughs> the mustard at number fifteen, just David Fury, uh, and then the parking ticket at number uh, what is that fourteen? Um, I don't know. Oh, Joss. Uh, what you feel is the the sweet song uh, where he's singing to Michelle Trachtenberg. I think it's mm-hmm. a fine song. It's just like not as memorable. I guess it's more to me. It's more performance and like tap dancing than his lyrics. Uh, I included Dawn's Ballet here. I have it at number, I guess it's 12. Um, mm. It's, I don't know, in- instrumentally, it, it's fine. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Nutcracker. Um, so I don't hate listening to it. And then number 11, I have the reprise of what you feel, uh, you know, at the end, the, say you're happy now and what's worth feeling that bit of it. And mm. then I believe that takes us down to 10. Do you want to go, Amanda? You have 10? I will say, let's see. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Under Your Spell last at number 10. I don't like that song. I really just don't like that song. Um, Let's see. Uh, all right, so my 10, I would put I've Got a Theory slash Bunny slash If We're Together. I do like the song. I like the weird mashup of styles blended together. It's, uh, I don't know, it's almost like 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 something else, like the Pitch Perfect soundtrack. <laughs> uh, let's see, my number 10, I have the coda at the end. It's short, but it works. Hmm. All right, uh, if we're doing nine, I'm going to put I've Got a Theory at number nine. Mm. so bunnies if we're together all of them mm-hmm. so. all right at nine i've got um the coda because i 
I don't know. I like it. And I like that uh, it works storytelling wise and that, that Joss is able to blend like um, reprisals, you know, that the merging of people's storylines and songs together. So, yeah. I've got uh, where do we go from here at nine? It's fine, but it's just, I don't know. Like, I think right after this, like the next ones are all like, I could have put them in number one. But I think this one's a little step below. Hmm. Um, eight, I'm going to do the under your spell standing reprise. <laughs> hmm. Um, do we do your eight, James? Where are we? Uh, no, we are, you do your eight and then I'll do my, eight. my eight would be under your spell. I, like I said, I, I don't know what it is. I intellectually really appreciate this song and, and emotionally, I don't feel it. It's like, I don't know, maybe like a different instrumentation, a different arrangement or something. I don't know. I want to love it. All right. Well, number oh. number eight, I have the overture and going through the motions, which is probably the most Disney-ish of the songs. Um, I, and that whole sequence, just like kind of if we're including like the choreography and whatnot, it's, it's just like a fun little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that at number seven. Uh, I do too, uh, because it, it, like you said, it's very Disney-esque. It, it feels it's exactly right as an overture. Um, also, there's something hilarious about the way she says, nothing penetrates my heart. She's like <laughs> sticking the vampire. Yes. <laughs> well, the way she kind of like pauses and like, uh, like the, she's tilting her head back to really belt it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Number seven, I have uh, Walk Through the Fire. Little medley really? there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think mine might be different than yours, Marco. I guess we'll have to see. I guarantee it is. Wow. Hmm. I will say at number six, I have what you feel. Hmm. Um, my number six is where do we go from here, which is a song that I really like. I don't know why. It's so nakedly blatant. <laughs> It's emotional content, um, and it's so cheesy. And I, I don't know. I guess those times when I'm like, I need to listen to the Buffy soundtrack. It's like that's a little bit of what I need. All right. Well, number six, I have "Standing" by Anthony Surahead. Silence. What a name. What a name. His name is Anthony Stewart Head. <laughs> He prefer he just goes by Tony Head. I feel like that's I don't like that for some yeah, reason. <laughs> Tony Head's a bad man. Anthony yeah, Stewart Head's a Head's good a guy. Man. Just he go by Ash. Villains. He only plays villains now. It's weird. Um, at number five, I'll put I'll never tell. Mm. Um, at five, I've got Standing um, by by Ash. <laughs> Maybe this is controversial, but number five, I have Rest in Peace by James Marsters. Oh, shit. <laughs> I really like the bridge in that song. The rest, it's like okay to me. Yeah. Um, I have that at four. You guys are killing me here. Uh, at four, I've got Under Your Spell slash Standing, the, the reprises of both. Um, I... You know, like I said, intellectually, I really like the one song. I kind of love the other song, but like the way they merge in this weird power pop kind of way, I don't know. I adore. Yeah, I've got that at number four as well. 
Um, I feel like it's a good duet there and they had the voices to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, where do, where do we go from here? I like it. It is Kumbaya. It is very classic, but I like it. Just the choreography of the way yes. they like grab oh, hands and then throw their hands away. Yeah. But I just love, I love a group number. Yeah. Which we're going to do at the end of this podcast, which is going to be absolutely awkward. not. You yeah. did not say anything. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> you forgot to mention that we were ranking the songs and that we would have to sing. Cause if you said that one, I would not be here. I thought it was implied. Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> and number three, I have, we're number three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Number three, I have rest in peace word belongs to be on the list mm-hmm. um okay i love this song and probably in 2001 i don't know i don't i didn't have a service that would tell me how many times i listened to a song <laughs> but it would have been a shit ton yeah uh i've got i never i never tell at number three um i think it's a it's a good little number the retro pastiche mm-hmm. um all right number two i went up standing mm-hmm. by tony Bye. head Tony Head. <laughs> I mean, he's he's great. It's a good song. It's a really good song. Hey, I'm Tony Head, ain't I? <laughs> oh, God. Tony Head, isn't it? Oh. All right, Marker, you're number two. Uh, Walk Through the Fire. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I love. Would you song. say you're more a fan of the like the group numbers? I'm a fan of a certain kind of emotional content <laughs> to the songs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have my number two now? I think so. Uh, so controversial, I suppose. I've got Under Your Spell at number two. I just think it's like one of the best songs. Even I feel if like my it, view of it is probably yeah. more controversial than <laughs> yours. I also, I, I saw a video of Amber Benson just like doing it off the cuff at like a convention or something. And she was like really good. She might have even been better than like the original recording of it. I think I'd rather hear that. Yeah. <laughs> like as a song, it's good. Yeah. I, just not for me. I feel like, are you like secretly a big Sarah Mac fan, James? I don't think it's a secret, really. Okay. See, I loved Sarah McLaughlin when I was growing up. So I like certain Sarah McLaughlin songs. Hmm, okay. Like Possession. I mean, I went to Lilith Fair three times. <laughs> nice. Nice. So. All right. Uh, well, your number one, Amanda. My number one, and actually, this is not my number one because I have eleven, not ten. So I have okay. one, and then one with a star. Okay. Um, my number one is something to sing about, and then one with a star is "Walk Through the Fire." Okay. So. Um. Yeah, something to sing about is my number one. Um. Yeah, me too. How could you? How I almost you? I tried to put something else number one, but the song is just the best song. <laughs> like Don's ballet, yeah. obviously number one. <laughs> <laughs> the mustard song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going hard, going hard for that parking ticket song. <laughs> <laughs> it just leaves so much to the imagination. Uh, All right. Well, at least some some agreement at the top of the list there. <laughs> I'm sorry, under your spell. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to Tabula Rasa. This is a fun episode. This is such a good episode. Uh, so I have five kind of top moments for this. Marco, how many do you have? I have six. Okay. I also have six. Okay, well, why don't you guys go first? So. What's your number six? 
Um, I love the loan shark calling Spike Mr. Spike. I don't know why I like it so much, but it made me laugh. I completely forgot that there's a shark man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who I'm going to call Sharky for the rest of this, mm-hmm. even though he has a name. But I totally forgot that there's a fucking shark man. <laughs> um, my number six is, you know, like Anya wants to follow her intuition. So she opens the first magic book she sees and reads the, the spell aloud. And then the, the book just turns into a bunny. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, they really, I feel like that joke was set up for, through so many episodes prior, you know, like yeah. all just building up to that. Um, so she can scream when she sees it. Uh, let's see. So my number five. Um, just it's this is an extra cruel moment, but like when Buffy gets her memory back at the end, just as she's like getting the crap kicked out of her by two vampires, they're like literally kicking her when she's down. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal, but I like that moment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. I love it. Um, number five, uh, the appearance of one Michelle Branch. Oh yes. <laughs> I forgot that there's a fucking Michelle Branch in this episode too. Oh, the, a lot of things. It was, a, a lot of things it was like a whole thing where like Joss Whedon had like told her like, hey, why don't you like switch the verses or something like that when you do the song for us? So she like sing it in like a different arrangement than normal. I knew a guy who went to a Michelle Branch concert because some of people he knew, including myself, told him that we had heard that she was like crazy attracted to pirates. <laughs> So he wore a pirate outfit. I never heard how the story ended, but I'm sure it ended sadly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my number five is uh, just Tara finally dropping the bomb and will that she knows that she fucked up her mind. And just yep. this character standing up for herself. And I love her for it. It was brutal. I loved it. <laughs> uh, where are we at? My number four? Uh, yeah. Um, just the the moment where they've all have amnesia and they open the door and the vampires are there and they scream. It's it's <laughs> a little cheesy, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. That is actually also my number four, the iconic scream at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is how quickly the supposed family unit of Rupert Giles and Randy Giles comes together <laughs> with Anya as the tardy stepmom, half of Daddy's age, and then just the line. Randy Giles? Why not just call me Horny Giles or Desperate for a Shag Giles? So good. Yeah, that's my number three, the Randy Giles. Uh, that and the uh, Giles saying something you do inspire a particular feeling of familiarity and disappointment. <laughs> Older brother? Father. <laughs> uh, number uh, number three, Giles fencing a skeleton. Yes. Yes. Um. Oh, yes. Uh, my number three is Willow in the Sewers. And she says, and I think I'm kind of gay. <laughs> Good callback. Yeah. Uh, so my number two is Giles fighting the skeleton. Uh, it's <laughs> it's just so kind of old school perfect. The, uh, I don't know, so what was random. that? Like Jason and the Argonauts-esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is is Tara dropping the bomb on Willow. Nice. Finally standing up for herself. Just the way his hand on her, like, we're going to go hide in our bedroom now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you do, though. Which I think also happened 
all the time on friends whenever like Ross and Rachel like raise their voice a certain level the other four were like we're gonna go hide in the bedroom now um my number two is just uh Randy saying I must be a noble vampire a good guy on a mission of redemption I help the helpless I'm a vampire for soul and then Joan says a vampire for soul oh my god how lame is that burn yeah my number one is uh when willow and terrify just great to see Tara demolish all of Willow's excuses and kind of call her out and all the shit she's been up to. It was, it was brutal and I loved it. Uh, my number one is, is that scenario that you just talked about, Marco, the, uh, <laughs> how, how dismissive Buffy is of the vampire with a soul narrative. Like, that show angel. That also sounds lame. Oh, how lame <laughs> is that? Uh, my number one is, uh, as you guys have mentioned, um, Anthony Stewart head or Ash, as his friends call him, mm-hmm. sword fighting for skeleton straight out of, <laughs> I think you, you quoted Jason, the Argonaut. That's good. Mm-hmm. I went full clash of Titans. Oh, clash yeah. of Titans. That works too. Yeah. Just, well, I guess it's more, um, army of darkness, but yeah. Yeah. Just the non sequitur of him just doing it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah, this episode, I don't know. Back to back. Pretty, gotta be pretty high up there i'd say for like two episodes of buffy like just quality level wise i so here's my thing about this episode i love the idea of this episode i love it in concept i love small moments i don't know if this is the show's best version of this concept hmm, okay do you mean like that you like to prefer the angel one better no, they, don't no. they like kind of do the same thing on angel i don't recall if they do but i feel like the show could do this concept better but, I don't know. I feel like they executed it pretty well. I would have also, I would love that they just stayed in the magic box, like a, like a bottle episode of Amnesia. Yeah. yeah. They, they kind of do that in the angel one. It's like they all wake up in the hotel and they don't know who they are or something like that. Episode. Yeah. Okay. It's like slightly different. It's not quite Amnesia, I want to say, but I think it's like mm-hmm. they're all teenagers or something like that. Yeah. They're teenagers. Mm-hmm. What is teenager Liam like? uh just a drunken irish dude i guess yeah he's just like humping the couch in the corner <laughs> also darla had syphilis does everyone who's had sex with vampire darla have syphilis huh. i mean vampire can vampires darla. get syphilis when they're already yeah, vampires she had syphilis. well I mean, she had it before she became a vampire though i don't think it was cured once she became a vampire yeah. okay I was bragging on in the, the Watchers Council my mind the other day, and I was like, and another thing I said <laughs> to myself. Um, yeah, so we start off, it appears Buffy's being followed through the cemetery, but it's Spike. She is in all white. He's in his usual black leather. That is a questionable choice for patrolling in a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you know you might uh, be hitting the deck a few times. She also has, like, dark brown, like, leather sausage casing pants on. Um <laughs> Well, like, wasn't there a comment from Joyce earlier where she's just like, that would explain all the blood stains when I do your yes. laundry? <laughs> you know, I don't mind Sharky, but the whole, like, kitten, like, monetary system is almost seems like just a little too twee for me. The kitten thing is is dumb to me. Like, it's funny, but it's dumb. It's just trying really? a little too hard, it feels like. Also, cats are not hard to come by. Seriously. <laughs> Like, there's not a reason for Spike to owe someone 40 cats and not be able to deliver. It's just not, like, a, a practical system of money at all. Yeah. No. Also, yeah. why does he need 40 kittens of a specific breed? Yeah. 40 Siamese. Just, it's like, so it's a pet shop 
gift certificate that that could solve this i mean i mean i wanted in the episode it could just been money but like they just had to like do the hat on a hat joke i guess of them yeah it is very twee i mean they did the kid poker scene and i really was like does clem need to turn to spike and be like I don't think you're getting it that this is an arch comment on how evil we are as demons. We're not actually cashing out kittens at the end of the night, Spike. I don't know if you understand that or not. <laughs> we play for money, baby. Um, so yeah, Spike really wants to talk about that smooch. He really, um, really does. Yeah. And she's just like, I won't ever kiss you or touch you again, though I probably will. Um, so yeah, the shark man is called Teeth. I wanted to Apparently say that- he... Sorry, he go goes on to be in an angel comic book. Okay. I wanted to see a little more confidence from Spike when like he could have just been like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> Instead of yeah. just begging and pleading constantly. Yeah. Also, I love that he just like, of course, leaves Buffy to deal with him by himself. <laughs> yeah. By himself. So well, so she's if I stop saving his life, it would simple things up so much. There's a line like, I think it's all the way. Where like they're like flirting in the basement, and then she's just like, he was so much easier to talk to, and he was just trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like she's, I don't know. I mean, the dynamic it she's like it flo- makes floating around. Yeah, it makes thing. sense in in some level, just because she can't talk to her friends. He, she theoretically doesn't care about him, so she can kind of like tell him whatever she wants, and she'll just deny yeah. it later, type thing. Yeah. Plus, it's not like he talks to her friends. Yeah. Also. Yeah, I mean, he tries to. Well, yeah, but they hate him. Um, is it, I mean, yeah. Would I mean? Could Buffy just take out Sharky and like clean up demonic organized crime in Sunnydale? I don't, morally, I guess it's a little sketchy because it's not like he's actively doing bad things to humans. So yeah, just I don't know. hurting kittens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing a lot of bad things to kittens. <laughs> but I mean, this is like the straight up like. Imagine if Lieutenant Tanner came to town. And she's like, is there a lot of shark demon based crime happening in Sunnydale? Uh, more than you'd expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not more than you'd expect, because what I would expect is none. <laughs> so the next scene is just the everybody sans uh, Buffy talking about how guilty they feel about pulling her out of heaven, but also kind of like trying to like both have a pity party, but also kind of like give themselves an excuse or give themselves an out like, Hey, we, we wouldn't, you know, we didn't mean to do it. We're just trying to be good friends. Anya's fantasizing about the idea that Buffy walked on clouds and had a harp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she, she looks for validation from Xander and he replies with, you are attractive and have many good qualities. Yeah. I wrote that down. What an yeah, ass. He's and Tara is of course like, yeah, that's normal to wonder because it is normal to wonder. Mm-hmm. And Xander just sucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when it's you've been dating this girl for what two years now like seemingly if you did not like these qualities about her like why are you still dating her you know like if if you yeah. don't find her overly literal uh you know perspective endearing like what are you even doing dating her uh, uh her tight embrace supple tight embrace yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, he does have one good point, though, that he feels weird about feeling weird that his friend's alive. I get that. Yeah. I mean, the damage is done. You're not going to, like, kill her, are you? No. But, <laughs> and of course, they talk about how to try to fix it. And, of course, uh, Willow knows a spell. Yeah. yeah. Tara's like, no. 
She's like, oh, just make Buffy forget that she was in heaven. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, so she opens up right away with, do you think I'm stupid? Now, my question for you, James, is would you prefer if Tara responded to Willow the way she did in The Gift? <laughs> Where she says, bitch, and slaps her. <laughs> that would have been something. I don't I don't know. I, I feel like the show probably goes more to like the, uh, the violence within a relationship than they should, so probably not. Uh, yeah, so well, it was just like, but I was upset and I wanted to stop fighting, so I fucked up your mind. <laughs> so I, I get, and I, it's like Tara mentions violating her mind, and she doesn't even seem to think that that was like a thing to consider. Yeah. Well, she calls yeah. her out. She's like, "You're not doing this for other people. You're doing it for yourself. You know, like this isn't like some greater good where you, you're using this magic for. You're just like doing it to be more convenient for you. Yeah, you're just making things easier for yourself and more to your." personal taste yeah so tara starts floating the idea of breaking up so will is just like whoa 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 i'll go a month and there's the damning part when tara's just like go a week (laughs) bitch cannot even go a day i know (sighs) and then uh giles breaks the news to buffy it's just like i i know that this might be the worst moment in your life but i really gotta bounce also, it's not like I'm not aware that you already pre-death had massive abandonment issues, mm-hmm. but and that your mom just died and that yeah. you just died. Yeah. But I just don't want you to rely like, on me. I've got some up. plants back home that really need watering. So <laughs> I just like like yeah, there's there is something to be said for like her learning to like deal with stuff on her own, but also like I feel like there's a really big difference between someone being strong and somebody needing no help from anybody. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not correct. Well, and especially Giles has to be aware that like uh, Buffy's support system right now kind of all has her own shit going on too. And I I guess his response to that is just like, well, time for them to grow up later. Yeah. Well, he's even called Willow out for being a straight up psychopath. (laughs) Um, but he also, he, so we didn't talk about this. He wrote her a big ass check a few episodes earlier. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wanted Giles to be like, I'm flying coach home now because of that. He did too. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Just him Seeing him jumping in that middle seat was really funny for some reason. <laughs> Fucking watchers council won't even pick up an aisle seat. Um, You'd think they'd have some sort of magical transport, but yeah. I mean, you know Quentin doesn't fly coach, so. Mm -hmm. Seriously, yeah. Um, I mean, there's like a grain of logic in what he's saying, though. Like, you'll never trust your ability to stand on your own unless you have to, but like, oof, bad timing. Like, I mean, it's it's there for conflict, obviously. It's like, we're really going to push Buffy to the limit, but it doesn't make his character come off great. No, like, yeah, there is something to it. But at the same time, it's like, looking back, it's not like Buffy has ever not been able to handle what she needs to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but here, she's she straight up tells him, I am in a pretty bad place. And he's like, buck up, champ. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. The only way for you to get stronger is for me to abandon you when you need me the most. Yeah. It was either this or I paint a giant hole on the side of a wall and let you <laughs> run right into it. <laughs> I just Giles not not his best move. I don't think. No, no. Steve was throwing axes a few episodes ago, and now he's 
breaking hearts. What happened to that Dilf energy? Uh, so now we've got. I guess um, this is Dilf energy. This is where Dilf energy goes. <laughs> yeah, this is the Dilf that abandoned you when you were a child. <laughs> So then we got next morning, Willow is like, oh, Tara, you and uh, Don go on ahead. I'm still like in a towel. And then she's like, Ugh. walks behind up the stairs and like, ta-da, walks back she down. and put her own clothes on. And she's, I mean, what is this outfit she's wearing too? Some sort of like punk rock, like witchy, something or other. Yeah. It's like something I feel like that they, like we've seen Buffy wear elsewhere. On the she's show. got a chain. <laughs> she's got- she- Chain and, and pegged pants. Yeah. You're telling me this is the same woman who was wearing her Renfair gown <laughs> like one episode ago? But yeah, she did not last a day. She's immediately doing yeah. magic just like for outfit changes now. I mean, it really hit me in one of your podcast episodes, Amanda, when you just exclaimed, Willow's dressed like a toddler in this episode. <laughs> and look at her now. <laughs> she always dressed like a toddler until like season late season five yeah 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 finally cordelia's words hit her yeah (laughs) so as willow starts to spell with some more of the uh, lace bramble and then she like takes the crystal with her and like the spell will like take action when all the stuff burns out or something like that um there's like a minor thing in the background here that i almost put in my top moments at the magic box where tara and anya are like thumb wrestling for some reason (laughs) it's like never commented on i don't know it's just like a funny thing that's happening in the background I like the Buffy won't even let Giles have his speech about leaving. No, yeah. fuck your speech. <laughs> but I do feel I like even out, British man, like even that little moment with Tara, it's like it's like they're paying more attention to the character than they used to. Where before she was just like Willow's girlfriend who stutters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I feel like they could have done this in early season five. I mean, like honestly, I feel like Amber Benson could have been like, you know what, I can do anything in the background because nobody's looking at me until Willow's <laughs> looking at me. Look at that, everyone. I'm juggling. Um, yeah, so Spike comes running in wearing a uh, suit. I don't know. Is this We're really stretching like how he can go out in daylight now. He just has like a hat on with like yeah. ear yeah, flaps. Mm-hmm. Is this suit too big for him? Um, I mean, I suppose it would make sense if it was because it's like a disguise. It seems fine, though. Okay. Like it's not like Xander fits. It's just a suit, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, meanwhile, so on her magic crystal. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the uh, the house, some sparks have flown out and caught on like the rest of the baggie of lace bramble. So it's Why like, the fuck oh, did she leave that on the floor in front of the fireplace. Seriously, like, like, Tara comes home later. What was this? Oh shit! Yeah, what's all this magic weed by the fireplace? That seems like a horrible place to keep this. Just well, um, like forget me now. We from my girlfriend. Yeah. This is a fight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fuck, and my stash is all gone. <laughs> um, so back at the magic box, Buffy tries to storm out again. Giles tells her when he's leaving. So Will stops her. Um, she starts to say, like, I feel like I'm dying because you're also stifling. And then she just like collapses and passes out. And, and they all do too. The way Giles and Anya fall asleep on each other is wonderful. I mean, Giles and Anya, I definitely ship it in this episode. <laughs> Ooh. It's like, it's nice to see Anya in a relationship with somebody other than Xander. Yes, it is. It's like one night they're working late. They're like restocking. They're well, doing just inventory. Like the maturity level seems higher. You know, having Anya with somebody older who's not just Xander. 
Yeah. She's learned she knows a few things. He's been around for a while. He's got a cool nickname. Yeah. Ripper. Ruby. Um, so it's like they're out for a while when we get back from the commercial. It's like nighttime. They're like waking up, like Willow's laying in Xander's arms, like wearing his jacket. See, I do um, like, I don't know, though, them waking up and realizing that they have amnesia. Like I could have I, I like this. I could have had like 10 more minutes of it. I, to me, it's just like this is a fun setup for it character hijinks. What do you got these characters that you've built this mythology for? Have some fun of it, you know? Yeah, Xander's just all like, how you doing to Willow? Um, Even with amnesia, he's, been, he's a douchebag. Yeah, Giles realizes <laughs> he's been drooling on Anya. I like uh, though that Xander's first reaction is that Willow's dating his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a brother and you're dating him. Oh, there's an honesty there that he won't display. <laughs> uh, um, They're really working Dawn's... overtime to sell us how sisterly uh, Buffy and Don are. Just the way Don quickly goes like meek and mouse-like. Like she's squeaking practically. Um, so Giles assumes that they just got drunk and passed out. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. This is like some part of Giles. He's just like, I really felt like I needed the drink before I passed out. So <laughs> last time I woke up and I didn't know who I was. That's what happened. Yeah. When you wake up with amnesia and you're in a magic shop. Magic. <laughs> Magic's off Balderdash and chicanery. Balderdash <laughs> and chicanery. Uh, oh, should have been on my top moments. Um, is Spike calling out Giles' Englishness? Oh, and yeah, then he realizes he's sodding, slimy, shaggy, knickers, bollocks. Oh, God, I'm English. Welcome to the Nancy tribe. <laughs> yeah, um, and then figuring them deciding they're related is amazing. Just how quickly they go there. <laughs> There's then, a certain rugged, handsome resemblance. And then Anya's like the second wife or the you know second girlfriend. <laughs> the trollop half <laughs> daddy's age. What does he have a line later? It's like, oh, it's got we'll find your car. I'm sure it's like tiny red and shaped like a penis or it's something. Like a penis, yes. <laughs> uh, so like Willow's just like, oh hey, let's all check our fucking IDs. And she <laughs> finds hers and laughs at her own name. Um, yeah, her and Tara both go to UC Sunnydale and she's like, Oh, maybe we're study buddies. <laughs> Wink. And uh Umad finds her nameplate. Yeah. <laughs> it's really too bad that Buffy didn't have her wall on her because I feel like there's some good comedy about her name being Buffy there. About her name being Buffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, though, like uh, the Giles family, I would watch five British size seasons of this show. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> uh, um, I just, or I have a cool brother that you're dating. Um, also, Anya keeps pronouncing her name as Enya, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard that, Anya. Uh, uh, but yeah, the Uma, like, she's just like bagging on Buffy immediately for calling herself Joan. <laughs> and they're like, we must be sisters. All right, is that some sort of like Joan the Vark thing or something? I don't know. I don't, I kind of read it as like her, her like constant desire to be just like normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's more normal than a Joan? Not much. We're going to get some hate tweets from a Joan. I do like the bit where they're they start fighting and Buffy goes, Hey, stay away from Randy. <laughs> like stakes the vampire. But like later, just the uh, ready Randy, ready Joan. <laughs> oh uh, my god. I mean, is anyone writing fanfic for Randy and Joan? 
I'm sure it exists. Xander uh, is like literally like on the ground praying when the vampires come. In. Yes, I, you gotta gotta give me a minute. I don't know what I am. <laughs> so Xander would love discovered a hatch that leads to the sewer when the vampires are trying to like get in there. Um, <laughs> that sewer, holy shit, that thing is fucking huge. It's huge and it looks pretty clean for a sewer. Hmm. Oh, I mean, Maybe it's shit? like like the old down. sewer and like it's un, unused or something now. Well, there was that like network of old tunnels under Sunnydale from the sewer system. Uh-huh. I mean, no fucking wonder these people are like setting up evil lairs in the sewer. Look at that real estate. God damn. <laughs> uh, could rent that out as an Airbnb. I think like yeah. all TV uh, fictional locales and like genre shows have like a sewer system underneath it that people get around in. I mean, in reality, you would pass right the fuck out the second you got down there from the smell. Um, uh, old shit still smells like shit, right? Um, yeah, so outside the surviving vamps are reporting to Sharky and they're just like, let's like break in there. And he's, I love that he's just like, no reason to be barbaric. The humans will turn on them soon enough. I love that. I love that they're like, they seem to want spikes. Yeah. They just get a bunch of steaks. <laughs> Take your spikes. Puffy figures out that she's like a superhero or something, and then Xander just faints. <laughs> they they're really going hard on the Xander character, well, which like know, I I feel like he could have been a good character in these later seasons, but instead he's the butt monkey basically. Yeah. I mean, he's always been mm-hmm. the butt monkey, but he finds out that uh, that Jones is a superhero, and all of the blood rushes to his penis, so he passes yeah. out. So. I mean. Remember how Xander acted when one other guy showed the slightest interest in Willow? I'm shocked that he's like not more jealous about her vibing on Tara. I think he's just oblivious to it. Mm. That just seems um, like a, a Xander character trait is like obliviousness to anything uh, to do with that. Oh, but sure. Put them in the back of a, an ice cream truck in a dream. And he's like, <laughs> making his way. Um, so Joan proposes that she and Randy give the goons a run for their money. The other should escape in the sewer and on is like, but I need to stay and protect the cash register. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they run out the front and then spike vamps out and he's like, I've got a super, I'm a superhero too. Cause he like kicks someone like super far. And then Buffy's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. He like screams and runs away. Um, yeah, so Xander, Willow, and Tara, and Don are making the climb down. That sewer is fucking huge. Um, the spacious, dry, and lovely sewers of Sunnydale. Yeah. I like Giles finding the uh, the one-way ticket to Europe in his coat. <laughs> <laughs> That'll come up later. It's like, I was going to leave you. Well, yeah, after all of the bunnies she makes and the skeleton and everything. I like the weird, ominous like clouds above them, too. <laughs> the green clouds. The cloud. Well, um, she's just like my intu- intuition tells me this is the book and being a magic shop owner and a natural and supernatural i should touch my in- intuition and then it makes it funny the uh the vamp that falls him down in the sewer like is he the worst vampire ever like he can't find four people who aren't hiding very well yeah <laughs> smell shit they're hiding behind like a grate that he could fit through yeah seriously well it's like, like that- so- sometimes the vampires on the show are like one of them is like super scary, and another time, it's like Giles is like staking three of them at a time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean design wise, if I was a director, I'd be like, I asked for a great. If you're going to give me that, just take it. I don't even want it. <laughs> I mean, this guy can't be particularly fearsome because Xander does manage to like fight him. Yeah, 
yeah. with his face. <laughs> with his face. But he does stake him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Randy catches with Joan. She like flips him over, gets on top of him, freaking about <laughs> what she's doing. Uh, has to break him. He's a vampire. So they try to reason this out. That's the whole, like, uh, I'm a vampire for soul. And she's like, oh, my God, how lame is that? Um, meanwhile, like the bunnies are multiplying like tribbles in the fucking magic shop. <laughs> it's like that she just keep reading the same line over and over or something. <laughs> was there since the book itself turned into the bunny? No, the book is still there. The bunny just oh, appears okay? on top of it. Yeah. Um, I love that Spike just keeps like rationalizing out <laughs> what he's doing. I mean, to be cast such an ugly lot in life and then rise above it to seek out better, nobler things. <laughs> he would love to be angel just the like the we're thrown together sitting against the force of darkness utter trust no thought of me biting you no thought of you staking me and she's like depends on how long you keep yapping yeah so eventually they uh down in the the sewer there they get the drop on the one vampire uh but in the process uh is it xander steps on the uh the crystal right he's the one who undoes it yeah 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 right in the middle of uh, Buffy in a fight. So she just starts like, she gets her memories back and then just gets a crap beat out of her. I mean, the Taryn Willow pressed close together, feeling that heat. It's like, like the, the housewife going to the kitchen of Kristen Stewart in that SNL Tostino's commercial. <laughs> it's just like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Bunnies, ominous green clouds. Like Anya taking her ring off and throwing it at him. <laughs> and then she picks it up later. Well, then she blames him for it. Yeah. I love how they're, they're kissing when the spell's undone. And the next time you see them, they're just like cleaning everything. Just her. I feel compelled to take some vengeance on you. <laughs> uh, the vampire smells fear and it smells good to him, he says. Why didn't you smell it like five seconds ago? Jesus Christ. They're right there. Right there. Well, then when they all get their memories back... It's like Willow just knows, like, oh, I'm busted. Yeah. Yeah, um, she doesn't even say anything. It's it's pretty brutal. And Xander laughs. He's like, oh, sorry, I just was getting the memory of King Ralph again. That's fair. It's, it's a funny movie. Um, also, Giles doesn't just kiss Anya. He kisses her with a dip. It's passionate, it's like passionate, passionate man. Probably the best kiss she's ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Xander's not dipping shit. His back will go out. <laughs> Got to lay down in his recliner all night afterwards. <laughs> That's right, Xander in his decliner. <laughs> yeah, I paused. I paused the episode and went and watched that scene on YouTube. Um, from once more feeling to I'll be misses. Um, yeah. So Sharky tries to forgive Spike's debt. Um, since Spike's a weirdo fighting his own kind, palling around yeah. with Slayers and that suit, and Spike says he's good for it. It's like, why are you suddenly good for it? Like, why just let him? He's, yeah. you know, a man of his word or something. Yeah. But he's not, though. Yeah, he's really not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if this had been earlier and then that moment on the stairs in the season five finale, and he's like, I know I'm a monster, but you make me feel like a guy who doesn't welch on his uh, kitten debt. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a monster, but you make me feel like a man who gave gave a shark the 40 Siamese that he owed him. This is a lone shark, get it? <laughs> Uh, so again, Buffy just runs off. Um, goes in our Michelle Branch musical montage. Here is a yeah. pretty good little montage at the end. Yeah, Tara's packing up her shit. Spike um, comes to talk to Buffy at the bar, and she just kind of blows him off. 
I, I like Willow's just like crouched down in the bathroom. That's a pretty good shot there. Which means no one else can use it. There's mm-hmm. only one bathroom. And then we dissolved Giles in the middle seat. Middle seat. He got there late. Maybe he's like late to his flight and got stuck with the middle seat. Uh, well, look at this way, Giles. It's only 14 hours. <laughs> it's not quite that long. Only 12 hours. <laughs> um, oh God, what an awful flight. <laughs> Also, he's coming from California. So. Yeah, yeah, it's long. It's long. I've I've made the San Francisco to London flight. It sucks because um, I've only gone from from Philly, and it's um, it's not bad. It's like five hours. Oh, that's nice. But it's yeah, also think, like five, five hours to California. So okay, I, think I was I mean, on like I think, a twelve-hour yeah. flight once, like from like somewhere down in like maybe Puerto Vallarta or further down in Mexico or something. But yeah, those suck. I think San Francisco, I think they fly up like over Canada to get to England. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's long. It's super The worst long. one I've been on was 10, I think 10 and a half hours. And I wanted to claw my own arms off to just like get off. So. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever go to Australia unless I was really, really rich. And that's the thing. I would love to, but. Mm. Maybe a boat. I don't know. At least a little cruise. <laughs> Maybe a boat. <laughs> But I mean, the plane thing too, also here, I was like, that's too many people too close together not wearing masks. That's not cool. <laughs> Every once in a while I watch a show now and I'll just be like, that's not cool. That's not happening. Why are you all touching each other? Mm-hmm. You're, I'm sorry. Are you going to breathe the fucking air that came out of that person's mouth? Fuck no. <laughs> Speaking of touching uh, each other, episode ends with Buffy and Spike. Sucking face. Sucking face. After she blew this- him off, she must have gone and found him. Is this more normal sucking face than the previous sucking face? I think so. Yeah. Okay. When I first watched this uh, the other night, like, because I hadn't watched it in a while, for a second, I thought it was going to be Spike making out with some other chick. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, it's just Buffy. It's just Buffy. Do you remember uh, last season when, like, they're, like, hitting each other in their wounds or whatever, just to, like, scream and yell on the bronze, and now they're, like, making out under the stairs? The other people who are regulars of the bronze must fucking hate this couple. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why they even let Buffy in. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, how much property damage has she done in just the bronze alone? Like the day before, <laughs> when the guy broke in and tap danced all over the place. She broke all their pool cues, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Tara is taking her single box out onto the porch to see Dawn, who's pissed off and runs in away from her. Dawn has, um, like, big divorce child energy there. Yeah, yeah, Dawn is mad at the wrong person here. Don's upset at her two moms, her two and a half moms. Um, but like, tell me Tara has more than that box. Honestly, that is. <laughs> it's not a job she got fired from. It's where she lives. I like don't the... think the corset would fit in that box. <laughs> well, like so... in the next episode, she's like saying something that she was doing at home before she came to her like movie date with Don. And I'm like, where are you living? Do you still have the dorm? You've been paying for this dorm the whole time and also not paying rent to this house. Maybe she's very opposed to all the magic that Will is doing, but she's not above like making some fake cash or something to help ends meet. So she just went and got her own place. That's fair. Um, anyway, I like the idea of like exploring the correlation between like memory and identity. I, I, I like the idea of this episode. I don't love it, but it's a great concept. Some fun character moments, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's a really fun episode. <laughs> this next episode, well, the nerd trio's in it. So this is SO6 EO9 smashed. I have uh, five top moments for this as well. Slightly less fun. I have six. What about you, Amanda? Oh, 
do I have any favorites from this episode? Um, I do. I do have a few. Um, I don't actually have them in any specific order. So okay. uh, I do hate the trio, but I do like Jonathan's uh, line about Warren gets to. Wait, what was it? Warren gets to wear the pack, like the flame pack thing, mm-hmm. because uh, he's allergic <laughs> to methane and you're still afraid of hot things. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, That's one thing I don't ever want to be accused of is being afraid of hot things. Um, afraid of hot things. My my number six is when we get to the Troika uh, back in their lair, the diamond, and Jonathan's like, I didn't know it'd be so sparkly. And Andrew's like, it's so big. And the horn says, yes, gentlemen, it turns out size is everything. Ew, like, that's Jonathan's leg. No offense, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number five top moment is uh, when Anya is just stating the obvious about Willow's magic. And how she's using too much of it. Also, like Anya kind of accurately calling out that like the responsible ones are the ones you need to worry about when they go off the edge. Mm. It's nice to see them actually allow Anya to like impart some wisdom other than just being the the one who doesn't get it. That moment turns shitty though. Well, I mean she she turns to Xander and she had a scene with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll get to it again. Um do you have a how many let me ask, how many how many do you have, Amanda? Um, not many from this episode, truthfully. Okay. I I did enjoy Andrew trying to bond with Spike over Doctor Who. <laughs> and not all of Red Dwarf, but some of Red Dwarf. This is on DVD. So. <laughs> um, Shorting hasn't been invented yet. We don't know about And that. like everything, every part that Tara was in. Mm. So. Um, my number five is uh, Buffy's just like, Oh, hi, Amy, how have you been? And Amy's like, Rat, you, Amy, Buffy's like, Dead, and Amy's just like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my number four. <laughs> how you been, Rat, you, Dead? <laughs> uh, my number four, uh, just to call out how shitty it is, was not just uh, you know, like, like the mention, the moment you mentioned Anya, like cutting the shit and telling Willow what's up, but then to not let it pass. Xander being or her having to turn to Xander and say, Is this that thing I'm always doing that you're commenting on? Oof. And he just yes, nods his head. Um, I enjoyed Willow when Amy's talking about um hoping that Larry will ask mm-hmm. her to prom. Willow's like, There are there are three things we need to discuss. Yeah, that's my number three. She's like, one, Larry's gay. Two, Larry's <laughs> dead. Three, high school is kinda over. Yeah, that's my number three. <laughs> wouldn't she have known wasn't larry out by that point uh this was gingerbread so this was like i don't know about halfway through the season i think i thought he was like, out by the start of season three yeah he had his grandma fixing him, him up, up. yeah mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's like uh, it's a phase yeah uh like, where are we at number two here um just spike being like don't you get it don't you see it you came back wrong. It's mean, but uh, it's a, a cool moment there, which I can't remember how they explain this. Is it just that like the chip just reads her? It just as, reads her as dead or something. Yeah. Yeah. I believe terror refers to it as a molecular suntan. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number two is Spike trying to convince the girl in the other way, but especially himself that he's still a bad, bad boy. <laughs> uh, then, I'm sure you're not evil. I am. <laughs> 
number one is when uh, Sp- Spike and Buffy bring the house down. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's perhaps a little bit problematic, but uh, it's it's, it's hot as shit. It's a big moment. Yeah, there's an audible zip. Yeah, there is an audible zip. There in the 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 recognition of like I'm inside of you, face. Yeah, yeah, it's hot as shit too. I know it's wrong, but it's fucking hot. It's dirty. They're going to follow each other in the dark. Was that um, was your number one, Marco? That's my number one. You know it's my number one. Okay. Everything leading up to that, I mean, I was just like, how many times can you punch each other in the face? The throwing each other just like through every part of that house. A foreplay as we call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, getting into the episode, a little convenient that Willow just like suddenly remembers like, oh yeah, I guess I could fix Amy the Rat now. She like summons a scroll that has a spell on it. I don't know how that works, but um, the it's hilarious how when uh, Buffy's like rescuing the couple in the alleyway, and, like it's just a good old fashioned mugging amongst humans. But Spike just dives in, <laughs> just a sweet little mugging. You know, yeah. if, if I were a vampire, like he just like throws himself on some like wooden boxes. I would kind of like be a little leery around wood, like just in general. Yeah. They know? never are. Yeah. I would wear like a like a bulletproof vest with like a catcher's. What is that thing catchers wear over it? <laughs> really, you'd just be going around at all times. <laughs> I think that that might ruin your vampire yeah. reputation a little bit. He can make it work. He made that suit work. But I mean, like, <laughs> like the come to Jesus moment is there's a part in season five, if I remember correctly, where like Riley just like struts in and like stake Spike in the heart with like a fake yeah, stake wood grain yeah. plastic. Yeah. Uh, just to show that he can. I mean, if I was Spike, I'd be like, I got to rethink this whole fucking thing. Maybe some sort of, you know, Kevlar weave something, something undershirt. Yeah. 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 At least like over your heart, you suit. know? Yeah. And your neck. Like turtlenecks. <laughs> All turtlenecks. <laughs> Chainmail turtleneck. Yeah. Also, he's wearing a huge chain in this episode. Did anyone else see that? <laughs> I did not know. Although you, you, have to at the kind, end. you have to kind of wonder, like a, a vampire... If you're immortal like that, but you like as time went on, would you be more or less paranoid about dying through some sort of you know freak accident? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, there's a comment, of course, about you know uh, the ways they can get their rocks off. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, he's, some being, ways. he's being pretty gross. Oh, he had a line in the previous episode. What was it? Um, or is that the beginning of the precept episode? He's like, I know what kind of girl you are, don't I? Or it's just, I don't know. It, he's he's always trying to take it to like the dirtiest, uh, yeah. you know, kind of what, explanation for things. I mean, it's a shame because during the time that she's gone, he's like the tortured hero who's like going to like spend his life protecting Dawn because he like failed, right? Because mm-hmm. he's counting the days that Buffy's been dead, all that stuff. And then she first comes back and it's like, he's the person who has like the recognition of what she's been through. And then it's like three weeks later, Spike is just like, I, if I don't have sex with you, I will die. <laughs> if I don't, if you don't have sex with me, you should die. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. going to twist our every conversation to something sexual and dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Read uh, in the book old somewhere. School, old school flirting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then here's, you know, bad move. I mean, trying to make a sexual, okay, that's not a great tactic, especially if it doesn't work and it doesn't work here. As she walks away, he shits the bed even harder by being like, you're a tease. You're an ice queen. You got no one else. 
I don't think you can build a good foundation off of you got no one else. I'm the only one that's here for you. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Um, meanwhile, Willow's just wandering in the house because she got dumped. Yeah, I don't feel bad for her at all, especially because she refers to Tara leaving as something that was done for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, at least it's not like a something blue situation. Like, you can't really be too broken up if it's all your fault. No. Uh, but yeah, she uh, turns Amy the Rat back into a human. I'm impressed that they, like, went three seasons with Amy being a rat. So, and they got the according- same actress back and everything. According to the actress, Elizabeth Ann Allen, which has got to be the most bland name ever, she says that Amy was deratted because people wrote to Joss Whedon and told him that three years was the average lifespan of a rat. <laughs> well, she's maybe she's die, a special you know? rat, like uh, like uh, Wormtail, you know. I just like, though, like, if you're going to get me back, you got to do it now. <laughs> I want to know, like, Amy keeps, like, magicking in the windows and stuff. Could, mm-hmm. like, could rat Amy do magic? I guess not, or else you think she would have changed herself back, or like she would have known the passage of time. I mean, the the rules of magic on Buffy are extremely vague. Like, it's not like you need a wand or anything, like in Harry Potter. No. Yeah. Like oh, later on, God. they're just like waving their hands, and like all kinds of crazy shit is happening. I mean, thank God, I don't want to see Willow waving a wand around. <laughs> I don't know. I but can I, kind of see it. I would still argue, and I will test this theory as I get to the end of season six, so I haven't watched it in many, 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 many years. But I still remember as, as hot as we've been saying Giles is, the hottest Giles ever is is when he walks in again at the end of season six and starts like mm-hmm. magic battling Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah. up there with uh, him with the chainsaw making a door in mm-hmm. fear itself. <laughs> and then just casually walking in afterwards. <laughs> um. Yeah, so after the credits, oh boy. There's a museum in Sunnydale. Andrew's lowering himself down like it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. The first Mission Impossible movie. This is the problem I have the Troika because in in their other episodes too, they're like, their over-the-top nerdiness is like, it's like Big Bang Theory level. Yeah. And it's like, they don't even really get a lot of the references right. Like, which is weird because you obviously like a lot of like people who are into like genre stuff are watching the show. So you'd think they'd know enough to like get all the details of it right, but they don't. Like these are like extremely broadly drawn, like kind of stereotypes mm-hmm. where they're like they're not getting the details right. And so it just it it's over the top and also like false to me. Also, the internet, uh, you you said something that I want to touch on. On the internet at the time, we called them the Troika, right? I don't know how that started, but that's what we called them. Mm-hmm. But everywhere you'll see it online now, like every official description, they're the trio. Yeah, I don't know how that came about, but I just remember not that it called matters, them that but, but yeah, their their nerdiness is really like Big Bang Theory level, especially later on when like Spike threatens Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, uh, you just like, you just know if Warren was alive today. Imagine like the Star Wars YouTube videos he'd be making. Oh God! Oh my God! Just oh God! Oh, I'm yeah. just picturing it all. <laughs> Warren's just like, I bet you like the Last Jedi, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> I mean, that scene is way too long too. Like, uh, whatever you're feeling, man, you don't want to take it out on the Fett. Yeah, it goes on for so long. He's fully capable of taking off that head. And I don't know why they can't just be like, okay, fine, we'll help you, Spike. Like, why did it take like three minutes to arrive at that? Yeah. (sighs) It's like that's a stupid plastic action figure. 
Well, especially you've then got him like on a table, like unaware, just taken. Yeah, you could. They could have. I, I mean, they definitely established that Warren is the, the the evil one of the three of them. Like he's yeah. he was a bastard right in the that episode with uh the other kind of weird fish looking guy who they hired yeah. to like rob the bank. Where he's just yeah. like, Oh, here's Buffy's address, go kill her. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean Andrew, oh, that? I mean Andrew has a crush on Spike anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. I just remember when Andrew shows up in that episode of Angel. <laughs> Well, it's just the so, second one, not the first one. It's just so goofy. Like when this uh, security guard shows up and they're just like, oh, excuse me, sir. Can I turn around for a second and like, com- you know, converse with my friends here? It's I don't know. It, it just it takes you out of it. To be fair, James, you and I have had that a similar moment to this with the bats. Remember the bats? The bats. I'm not, I'm not going to say the guy's name on air. But there was a concern that a friend of ours had gotten himself in some trouble with a gentleman named Bert. That was a little different, though. But And we thought our friend was saying, get in the back of the car. And he was saying, get the bats. Get the bats. As if we were going to have a bat fight. Come on, get real. <laughs> but like, so we're just, our friend is like, like talking, escalating shit to this guy, thinking that his friends are going to hand him a baseball bat. And we're just like looking up in the back seat where we're hiding. Yeah. Cut that out. Let's not have that out there. <laughs> I, I regret saying that. Um, yeah, so Willow's room, Amy's now dressed. Also, Do real we, quick, this guy'd be dead, right? Like this freeze ray situation? Yes. I don't think you're coming yeah. back from that. I'm shocked they didn't just like topple him over and like watch him. It seemed like they they intentionally didn't want us to think they were too evil yet. You know, like if they'd like murdered someone here, that would have been like too soon or something. I mean, again, these guys... It, Obviously, they're so goofy and Big Bang Theory-esque, but I think that's the thing is it's it's the guys like these, the ones that are harmless or should be, that they don't get what they want, and they're, they're toxic little shitty masculinity. I just feel like Joss Whedon obviously knows. He, he's like genre aware enough to get all the details right, but he's not for some reason, or he's not getting his writers to... Like, it's just so broadly done. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a little too close to home. Well, I think the thing is, too, though, that that on TV you want to make the quote unquote nerd a super caricature of what a nerd is because in reality the nerd that you're thinking of grew up to be a TV writer <laughs> and they don't consider themselves a nerd anymore because they got money. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So Amy's dressed now. She hears a siren, does magic, shuts the windows. Amy's super advanced magically considering that she's been a rat for three years. Yeah. Uh, Buffy comes home and she was just like, oh, hey, Willow, how you doing? I was just wondering if you left me a rent check. No. Huh. <laughs> Tries to uh, talk about uh, the weird feeling she's been having lately. I want to know why Amy being deratted is not literally the first thing Willow would say. Yeah. yeah. Like, why does she just let her like start talking and then have Amy pop out like it's totally normal? But she's I like, mean, oh, the- yeah, right. She's not a rat anymore or whatever. I mean, I know Buffy needs to and should have this conversation with her friend about choices, whether it be about her choices or Willow's choices. But also it's like, hey, I know you're going through a hard time with the breakup and everything, but since it's just you, I want the bigger room. <laughs> and then I want you out. <laughs> I like how, how Buffy thinks it's Tara at first too. She's like, oh, Tara, hey. Like she doesn't even, she's not even checked in enough to know that like Tara moved out. 
however long. I mean, it's been clearly been at least a few days, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in her defense, Tara could have been there, like getting her shit, mm-hmm. or picked up Dawn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you but do anyway, when you're cookies. when you're Tara and you've broken up, but like I don't know, you're still sort of part of the Scooby Gang, and so it's like, well, I've. It's not like she's like taking an oath or anything, but it's kind of like her life revolves around like fighting the undead now. So <laughs> she kind of has to still hang out with this crowd. I mean, we get that with Anya later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I want her to be like, I don't remember being deputized or anything. So I think I kind peace. of I've kind of blocked out the whole like onion spike thing from my memory. It was hot too. <laughs> I just remember hot. it was like super slut shamey when it happened. That, that's oh, my only memory of it. Yeah, yeah. Xander gets some some digs in there. Xander. <sighs> um. So, let's say you're at a person's house that you don't really know at all. You helped yourself to something in their kitchen. How many cookies is too many cookies? You know what? If I've been a rat for three years, I think all the cookies is the correct answer. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Okay. Maybe she can magic them some more cookies. I, I just, as long as Buffy's just like, you're having that many cookies, huh? I'll just add it to Willow's rent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to have to buy more cookies. She's like, Amy, you seem like a witch of, you know, low moral. Do you think you can maybe just magic me some cash? <laughs> Because, I mean, it's funny because I think Dawn brings it up in this episode from her perspective. Buffy always hits the fridge after slaying. Because um, remember, Faith is just like, slaying, it makes you either hungry or horny. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want some chips of fucking hoy after you've killed some vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Buffy wants a non-fat yogurt. It's got a carload. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, Willow's like, oh, I could figure, I figured out I could fucking do it, so I fucking did it. Um Downstairs. Yeah, and then downstairs, Buffy finds out about the uh, the frozen person on TV. I like how later on she's like, don't all these things that ha- happening, they're kind of lame. Like, they're very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> also, Tom and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And Gator has a new flavor. Blue. It's blue. <laughs> blue raspberry. Uh, yeah. Oh, so also my top moments should have been outside the museum, Buffy jumping up and down, trying to see over yes. the crowd of people. <laughs> and also she has like pigtails, which I feel like is just a, a fun Buffy. Pigtails are adorable. Yeah. And the jumping up and down is 100% true to life. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes for a stroll, runs in the spike. Uh, she has to have the talk with Spike. Um, when I kiss like, you, you know, I think about Charles. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder. That is so gross. Oh my God. The way he plays it is so hilarious, though. Yeah, you know, I always wondered about you, too. No. <laughs> well, Spike is very uh, much, I don't know, I, I feel like he's shifted a little bit from the preseason where he's just, like, pure, like, pining away. Now he's he's shifted to being, like, I'm going to, like, neg and, like, bring up sex constantly, Spike. Yeah. Whereas before, yeah. I think he would have just kind of tried to, like, continue the conversation, you know, more than he is now. Yeah, yeah. it's like now that... Now that he thinks he can get somewhere, he's mm. being very um Which is I think insane because I think she's she's clearly attracted to him. And she clearly the, the like, much smarter move would have just been to like be a friend of her. Yeah, but that's not right. I, I don't want I don't want to label it as the smarter move, mm-hmm. but like the better move. <laughs> because she clearly like also turned to him um with everything she's been going through because mm-hmm. he gets her in a way that no one else does. Um yeah, I don't know, man. 
Yeah, the way the way that he goes about it in this this season and this like later half of the season is just it's real gross. I mean, my feeling is this is a product of Spike's extreme self-loathing and so he's mm-hmm. projecting it onto her like yeah. I have to be this evil thing and this is what an evil thing would do. Maybe somewhat, yeah. Do, I don't know. Do you feel like it's a little bit of a walk back from the end of Once More feeling though? Oh, for sure. For sure. It, it's um, like, oh, they kiss. It was romantic. And they're like, no, wait, Buffy wasn't into it actually. I don't know. Just, I, I'd i love to get the full behind the scenes of like what was going on in the writer's room during this period. Yeah. Um, but he's like, you know, she hits him at one point, tells me he's a thing. Uh, she walks off. He's like, fake the pain. And we push in on Spike's smirking with his big, big cheekbones and his blue eyes. God, those cheekbones are just <laughs> absurd. Um. I don't remember what season it was. It's like season five where it's like, I don't know how they started filming James Marsters. Like they just started zooming in on him or whatever. And I was like, oh, he's got blue eyes. <laughs> I, I could have swore the first like, like second and third season he had brown eyes. No. Well, it could have just been the uh, the low quality of filming previously. Maybe. Because the show wasn't even widescreen until... Actually, I think officially in the US it was only ever widescreen for once more with feeling. Because um, yeah. but- yeah, now you have like the shitty remastered mm-hmm. versions that are widescreen and you see all of the camera crew and stuff <laughs> um so after the commercial we're on main street sunnydale where the spike's like on the prowl like looking for a victim um, singles out a young girl yeah good going spike yeah that's right you should scream creature of the night here yeah some people forget that i love that he's like he's like talking to himself about buffy mm-hmm. she, she's bloody confused i'm not confused about what i am Keep telling yourself that's broken. Then we got Don with this gigantic milkshake, which she's pretending to drink, but it's not going down. That kind of bothered me during the scene. I'm just like watching the the milkshake stay at the same level the whole time. It's the anti aria. Like if you're gonna like just drink it. I do like her and Tara together though. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me how much less annoying Don is when someone treats her like a human Adult. Go, go figure yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well and Tara too gets to have scenes with other people and be like comfortable with them instead of just being awkward and stuttery with everyone yeah 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 I mean like I said at the start of season five when she like makes a joke that's pretty funny and then she has to like look to Willow for like approval and I was just like good god stop doing that even Ani doesn't do that um Ani don't give a Ani, yeah Ani doesn't need Xander to laugh at her jokes yeah <laughs> She's doing jokes on a level he won't even understand. Um, yeah, so like Don is like hoping that Will and Tara will get back together. Magic Shop, the gang's there. Will and Xander are reading news articles about the Frozen Guard. They eventually thawed the guy out with hair dryers. It's almost like they need a big bad or something to focus on right now just because their lives are so shitty. It's like they're looking yeah. for something to be concerned about. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. No, I mean, fair there was a man frozen at a museum so that is kind of odd and interesting mm-hmm. um but i mean on the other hand i'm i'm relieved i think that there's not like a villain who showed up in the third episode who really won't do anything to the finale yeah yeah <laughs> and they show up in like the fourth episode yeah i'm sad we never got that frost monster who eats diamonds yeah (laughs) there's a shark man why wouldn't there be a frost monster who eats diamonds 
I like, that's stupid. Now the shark man makes sense. Yeah. I like Willow getting out her iBook and they're like, oh, some classic Willow hacking. Oh. And then she's like magic weirdness, like surfing yeah. the internet with my eyeballs. And they're just like, well, this is weird now. Well, yeah. And she like plays down what happened with Tara again. She's like, we just saw little things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I just, Willow takes absolutely no responsibility and it's, mm. yeah. Her character is, yeah, I like when Anya is like, oh, for crying out loud, this is bizarre. <laughs> is we all know why Tara up and left you. And now everyone's scared to say anything to you. That's what Anya's best at. Except for me, apparently. Breaking the silence with truth. So Willow doesn't want to leave Amy, the former rat, alone for too long. Um, then we go back to the Troika, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, the nerds. Boba Fett. They've got their cheesy little like nerd cave, in the, which is like Warren's basement, I guess, right? Or something. I, I feel like it should be his mom's basement. Yeah, it's his mom's basement. Yeah, because it's yeah. he got invited in in the uh, the episode where he requests a Buffy bot. I think he says like your mom invited me in or something like that. <laughs> Stupid I mean, like, Boba Fett. Are the other two sleeping there? I imagine they probably go home to like their own parents' basements. Okay. I want to see the story from the perspective of Warren's mom. (laughs) I feel like he's done something hideously magic to her or something. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Well, like later on, he has there baking cookies until she drops. He puts some sort of like mind control device on his ex girlfriend, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes her like a mind control ray or something weird like that. Yeah. What a bastard. Oh. There's something referred to earlier in one of these episodes of season six where they they use the word sex slave earlier. I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's on their on their list the of things to do. Yeah, um, yeah. So Spike shows up and he can't even without the Boba Fett thing, he can't help but seem like a thousand percent cooler than these three guys. Oh yeah, without even trying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like hmm. I like when Warren's like. We'll help you out. You'll you'll scratch my back. I'm not scratching your anything. Yeah, you do what I tell you. Seriously. But this scene seriously goes on forever. It does. Although hilariously, though, he has to look back at the name. Mr. Uh, Fett here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you made a Yoda reference earlier, buddy. You know what the fuck Star Wars is. Maybe I just revealed that I'm a nerd. Um, yeah, so Buffy's house, Willow comes home and Amy freaks out because Willow's gone so long. And like, I don't I don't know if I get this Amy with the Amy we'll see like in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like she seems super PTSD and like afraid of her dad. It's not that I, you know, it's not that I've been gone for three years. It's explaining to my dad why, like, why I've been gone for three years. And then she's immediately just like teasing Willow like, oh, do you want to just stay home all night? Like you did back in high school, you big fat nerd. Yeah. She's she's very uh she just bounces back and forth a lot in this from like yeah. it it feels like they like I don't know wanted to like accomplish this in as few episodes with the actress as possible or something like they could have like brought this along a little bit slower plot wise so it's not all happening in like one episode and then like by by the next episode aren't they like visiting some weird dark yeah, wizard or that. yeah I it's just all very quick. Yeah. With Amy, though. I don't remember how this resolves. Yeah, I can't remember what happens with her specifically, but 
it would have helped if the, there was a little more distance between her being unratted and, and trying to corrupt Willow, basically. Like, I, I ponder if Amy might have been an option for Big Bad at this point. Hmm. Or th- did they have, like, Willow dialed in immediately? It's supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that, like, Allison Hannigan had had, like, uh, American Pie at this point. Like, her agents wanted something bigger for her to be on, on the show. And so that's why there's this whole like magic plot line to like give her like more to do. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. But like if, if Amy had been unratted and then like you pick back up with her three or four episodes later and it's like, Oh, what's Amy been up to? Oh, she's really into dark magic now and she's going to like get Willow into it or something. That would have made yeah. a little more sense. Yeah. Like I can see Amy doing this to sort of like to distract herself from, from her rat PTSD and stuff, mm-hmm. but it is very fast. So I read a little bit of the beginning of the Buffy comics and right at the beginning, Amy is the villain and she's <laughs> dating. Do you know who she's dating? They're in this Skinless episode. Warren. She's dating Warren. Skinless in, Warren. Skin, wait, what? Yeah. Warren. She's magic so that he has like a protective shield around him the whole time. Why not but magic some skin on him? So you, it's, it's I, like... Well, it's very gross. Is it like like fake looking? Is it like holographic skin or something? I can't remember. I know you definitely see him like in that Robbie Williams like video. Where I'm just saying, if if, if you're that magical, why not put the skin back on? Yeah, why would you want to yeah. see the insides? Yeah. Also, uh, why that guy? <laughs> is he funny? Yeah. Clearly <laughs> not. Yeah. Good qualities. <laughs> yeah, quite uh, possibly one of the worst p- boyfriends you could find on this show, yeah. and that's saying something. Yeah. yeah, Amy. Um, Amy doesn't doesn't have a great uh, end. I'm just trying to think of shitty dudes on this show that I would rather she dated. Whistler. Whistler, Whistler was okay. She could date Whistler. Uh, Riley. Um, Parker. Um, pretty. I mean, I, I as far not as Forrest, but the other one. Even even Forrest though. Forrest. Forrest isn't like I can't wait to basically like systematically rape you over and over again while you're mind controlled yeah. by me, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Amy's just like you know what I'm into degradation. <laughs> um. So yeah, Warren comes back and he's like analyze Spike's chip, and it's like I I like this like kind of I don't know this like little buckle like the save the storyline. I don't know what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. but it's but doing it's doing it. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> And so Spike is just like evil giddy, like monologuing to himself as he like storms out of there, like, oh, the fucking rules have changed. Nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with her. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, that guy's awesome. He's so cool. Yeah. Don Don't is they have, like leather jackets at one point. I think they might get in later. Yeah. Don's like constantly trying to like get rid of her babysitters so she yeah. can be alone. I don't know why. Like, Don, you think all the shit that's happened to you so far. You well, this time she's trying to get Tara to stay. Yeah. So. yeah. I would think that especially when we get to conversations of dead people, she'd be like, nobody ever leave me alone ever, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, yeah, she's really like playing Tara here a little bit. That's, a, that's this episode. It's just people manipulating. Well, she's people. doing the divorce kid thing. Like, I'm just going to get these <laughs> these two back together by arranging for them to bump into each other. Also, what what affectation does she do now? She her sister came back wrong from the grave. She started like stealing things. Now her like two moms are divorced. What where do you go from that? Mm-hmm. Like fires? 
I think cutting, maybe. Okay. I said that way too casually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Willow and Amy the Rat here, they're playing pool without sticks just because they're being show-offs. They really, like, this is the this is the shit. You can't use the stick. I mean, I guess yeah. the, the metaphor to me makes so much more sense is just this, like, addiction to power type yeah. of thing where it's, like, you know, absolute power corrupts rather than, like, oh, I'm getting high off magic, I need it type well, and it makes more sense to me for Willow's character to mm-hmm. play into that, like, addiction to power and control mm-hmm. than the, well, like, escapism of drugs. But it's there because uh, how else is she going to get it? You know what I mean? She's addicted to power and the magic's the only thing that's going to give her that power. I mean, I guess they were just, like, metaphorically, it's more relatable to somebody in their early 20s to have, like, a, a drug problem than be addicted to power, I guess. I don't know. But it's I mean, like, like they're, I feel like they're just they're trying too hard for that metaphor. I just mean like, how else is she going to get the power? You know what I mean? Like hacking alone is not going to get her there. Yeah. Well, no, I get why she's like into like I totally feel like the the witchcraft plays into that desire for power, but the drug thing is just it. I also don't like it because it sort of removes the responsibility from Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. In a way that uh, I feel like is not. Um, a positive development for her character. Cause I mean like angel and alcoholism, that metaphor tracks to me like in season seven, they still require Willow to do magic. Like the whole finale is, is predicated on Willow. Well, doing it's because a, it's too, u- spell. it's too useful to the plot. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you need a magic user on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these two dudes come up and, they're, they just do some magic on them instead. Or wait, maybe that's a little later. They, they, that's a little later. The, later, the one yeah. guy, like, he says something, like, really asshole-ish to Willow. He calls her Ellen or something like that. And that's later on, yeah. yeah. They come up and they, like, Amy wants to go dance. So she, like, magics a girl at the bar to, like, come over and talk to Willow. Mm-hmm. That character's name is Bree, which is a four cheese. <laughs> so. um, also, is Amy still physically a high schooler? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, is she still seventeen? Literally, the actress is older, so I guess you have to say that she's grown up as well. I mean, the yeah. rat has aged three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Willow is watching their drinks and feeling lonesome. Uh, I'm glad somebody's watching their drinks in this place. Talking to uh, that martini, Olive. But yeah, the guy calls her Ellen, which is such a dumb, evil slur back in 2001, but straight up mean in 2020. <laughs> Just double, double um, the burn. Yeah. <laughs> so they uh, they do magic like to get payback on these guys and like put them in loincloths, dancing in cages suspended from the ceiling of the bronze. I'm kind of surprised the bronze didn't already have the cages. Um, I saw something which I'm, I'm kind of pleased with where the original plan with the writer was so that these guys would start just like kissing uncontrollably. <laughs> and then Joss Whedon vetoed it because he didn't want number one to portray someone's sexual orientation as being able to be changed that quickly nor that homosexuality was punishment. Um, I'm shocked that that happened in 2001, I guess. Like, I think you can kind of see it because these guys aren't, it doesn't show them being like, oh no, I'm in a loincloth dancing. Like they're happy to do it. So I, I think you know. I can kind of see them. I mean, they're, they're kind of doing the trope, but they're avoiding it at the same time, I guess. The whole like, oh no, what's the worst thing you can do to a guy? Make him gay. Because the show doesn't avoid it. I mean, like the whole thing in the previous episode with Welcome to the Nancy Tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely a 
a dig at like what is masculinity in an appropriate fashion um anyway so here here's this is where xander she gets fired back in the magic box he thinks he's found the monsters they're looking for <laughs> Ani correctly points out that that's a D&D guide. <laughs> Can he not read the cover? Why is it even there? Yeah, why is why it there? Is it there? <laughs> if I was Xander, that would be my response. Well, what is this doing here? Come on. <laughs> what is this doing in a magic well, show? I mean, look at the suspects. Who's bringing that book in? It's Xander, right? I feel like they probably <laughs> sell those. They, they probably sell those at the magic shop, right? <laughs> no, why would no? you sell that at a magic shop? I don't know. I feel like this magic shop, if it were real, they'd have like tables for like magic the gathering setup well, or they something do, they do sell like slug scented candles yeah. so yeah yeah next to the lemon candles they would it yeah. would be it would be like a comic shop where it's like there's just like a bunch of dumb rpg game stuff there the comic shop with some tarot cards mm-hmm. where where all the owner's friends are just hanging out and like conjuring up bunnies and shit and occasionally singing at each other um so the other conversation about why Tara left Willow, because Tara felt like Willow was doing too much magic. Xander says they all agree. I mean, they have kind of set up, though, I will say um, that Xander has also quietly been concerned about Willow's magic use all season. But he would never say anything to her about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Xander thinks that magic can be an alluring drug, hard to resist. And uh, I love puppies like, we can't assume that everyone's getting seduced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It, they almost do too soft of a, a parallel there with all the the Buffy, you know, hidden meaning of what she's saying. Like, I feel like they could have done that a little bit harder, um, all the, oh, the and parallels and whatnot. I think the episode titles themselves, I mean, they're trying to go for the double meaning, but like, they're supposed to be euphemisms for, you know, mm-hmm. being smashed or wrecked or gone. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess they couldn't, UPN was like, you can't have an episode called Straight Up Shit Faced. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not we're not that cool. Uh, I love Buffy's reaction to Spike calling her yes. on the phone. He's like Slayer. And she's like, Spike? He You're says something else. Me? Is this on Spike? The phone? <laughs> <laughs> Which he had to find a phone. You know he had to find a phone book because it's not like he knows the magic box's number. <laughs> I love the idea of him having to find a quarter to make a call. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, meet me at the cemetery, come alone. She's like, Spike? Like, <laughs> like Spike walks into a 7-Eleven, looks around, pats his pockets, pulls out like a kitten. He says, can I change for this? (laughs) Can you make change for a kitten? (laughs) (laughs) Guy's like, here's a dollar? (laughs) I mean, what um so the conversation turns sexual and she eventually hangs up um and lies to the others about it yeah she says that spike wanted her to patrol for the monster she says but i i told him that i would not <laughs> i would not i feel like we've like we really lost opportunities to have like the sarah michelle geller like comedy mm-hmm. um i haven't seen some of her movies because they don't look good like the magic crab one <laughs> Well, like simply irresistible. Is that the magic cooking one? It might be. Yeah, the one where she's like a chef and a crab helps her cook or something. A crab helps her cook. Yeah, it's a magic crab. <laughs> oh. Let me just Google okay. magic crab SMG. Yeah, simply irresistible. Magical crabs is something you get in Sunnydale. Right? A magical crab works wonders for a terrible chef's culinary skills. Huh. It's kind of kind of like ratatouille, right? Yeah. 
Well, I guess the it's dude is John Patrick Flannery. There's just a crab under her hat. Powder? <laughs> <laughs> Young Andy slash powder? Mm-hmm. Oh, Betty Buckley's in that. Oh, there you go. I feel like before quarantine's over, I will have watched Simply Irresistible. <laughs> Uh, I have the song stuck in my head now. Anyway, um, they're all leaving the magic box later and walking through town. Um, this is when Buffy remarks how lame these uh, weird acts of magic have been. Exploding lit. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy thinks that they're unusual. Ani thinks that they're lame. They're both right. So they part ways. Um, Xander and Ani are like, let's go home and have sex. Because <laughs> that's what we do. And then Xander will retire to his recliner. <laughs> And Spike's got the blue shirt on. It's almost almost yes. purple. Yeah, it is, I thought it was purple. In, in some light, I, I, it's like a, I don't know, almost violet or so. But, yeah, he's pulled yeah. it off either way. He's yeah. trying something color. Yeah. This is where they, they kind of start to work things out just by beating each other up, which, eh, I don't know. There's a whole lot of punching Buffy in the face. As, mm-hmm. as a prelude to romance, which is uh, I don't know. These two, these are both super powered people, but it's still weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's interesting as the the villainous, spurned lover. Like the just all oh, the pain, the pain is gone. Uh, also, the yeah, big ass chain. Very, he's acting. He's very like predatory. He's got his his evil face on again. Well, and. When it gets into the house, it gets really weird. I mean, it's it's sexy, and they're destroying that house. Um, but like, uh, I can't remember what she's saying. But like, I don't, it's further down my notes. But she's just like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? You're a vampire, and you can't stop making moon eyes at yeah. me." And he's just like, "Hello, I'm fucking in love with you, or whatever." She's just like, "Oh God." It. Uh, I don't know. It's a less successful but similar. Uh, reproduction in my brain of the same chemicals I got from the end of that episode of Sherlock with Sherlock and Irene Adler. Does that make sense? Not really, but I don't know. know. Maybe I need to workshop that. Um, Yeah, so he's like telling her basically that she's less human. He keeps taunting her that she must know it. Um, Basically, again, negging her, playing on her low self-esteem. Back at the bronze, Willow and uh, Amy the Rat just go nuts with their magic got people floating around they like change the band they're making their sheep um and they're like changing people they're like yeah. making people taller and stretching them out it's just like really it's very gross well i mean taking the short guy and making him the tall guy that's funny well there's a Maybe. guy who's floating there's a a weird person dressed up like a strawberry i don't know if they were just there yeah. to begin with <laughs> the band is stuck on the one line of the chorus what is wrong mm-hmm. here uh, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, and then they're like, "This is boring." Yeah, yeah. So Buffy and Spike are just like trashing this whole place until they start kissing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the- just destroying that house in their throws. There. The house down. <laughs> I just like the you like me because you enjoy getting beat down. So really, who's screwed up? And he's just like, hello, vampire. I'm supposed to be treading on the dark side. Um, yeah, the audible zip, which was always there. <laughs> Back in two... I mean, I, I, is that more shocking than a woman going like getting gone down on enough that she's floating while singing? I mean... 
Well, I don't know what UPN, you make me come. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know what UPN standard and practices were like, but that guy is like pulling out his collar and like sweating. <laughs> what kind of show is this? It's eight <laughs> o'clock on UPN. Yeah, this is for teenagers. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Also, that also also super predatory. When they return everything back to normal at the bronze, those two guys just see two other different girls and go after them. Yeah. Aren't they the lesbians though? Or the, I don't is know if those girls people. were ever lesbians. I don't know. The way they were talking to each other, I thought it was because when the girl gets up and then Will is like, no, I don't want to do this. And she goes back. The other friend has this kind of like pissed off look on her face. Like, oh, my God, yeah. how could you go over to that I girl? Assumed or something? Were, yeah. I assumed they were gay. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Super Dark is uh, there's got to be someplace bigger. And Amy's like, it's too early to go home. Not one I can keep enabling you. <laughs> yes, I want something. Better. find my warlock friend uh but yeah buffy and spike bring the house down audible zip they're doing it in the rubble Ugh, they go through the floor mm-hmm. you're gonna get like dust and plaster in places it's like like a beach yeah like, you need to be wearing like an n95 mask yeah keep those fibers out of your lungs well yeah lungs that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. that's the places i was yes, exactly yeah. where you were thinking um, also, two stunt guys take two different stunt guys. Like, apparently, seriously hurt themselves filming this sec- the sequence. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like one guy apparently wanted to show them how easy it would be for Spike to grab the chandelier and like swing on it. And it fell. And as, as soon as he, it fell on him, Jesus, he broke oh, his nose. God. Oh God. Uh, and then another guy, one of the guys who actually falls down the hole, like knocked himself out. All right. Well, that was uh, 609. Any complaints about this season other than what we've mentioned? Amanda? Mm, I mean, not really a complaint, I guess. Like, the season is... Season six, I feel like, is just... It's obviously got a very different tone. Mm -hmm. Um than everything before it and it's it's just it's funny from because I'm still in the midst of like we're recording season three Mm. and so to like flash forward to season six you're like damn things got really dark (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and it's it's hard to watch like the characters that you have loved for so many seasons just be like shitty Mm -hmm. but it definitely still has a lot of really good moments. Yeah, the only thing I keep coming back to is it just seems like the Buffy Spike relationship. It just feels like the writers didn't agree on it. And so depending on the episode, it's played one way or another. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and and like you said, it's it's I don't it's not a bait and switch per se, but like the audience surely wasn't expecting this, I don't think. Not that it's not unreasonable. I mean, considering the way season five ends, but um, yeah. Um, if you could make one change this season, what would it be? For this half of the season, I guess. Uh, I like what you said about Amy the Rat, but, uh, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but I think even though it doesn't really fit with where the story is going, I would love to see Willow and Buffy have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I could change one thing about season six to make it more affecting to me personally, it probably would be like taking out the drug metaphor. Mm. Uh, 
and just going with like magic as a means to gain control and power that you didn't have otherwise um mm-hmm. but because i feel like you could still have the exact same story arc yeah yeah just kind of um, don't stress just the whole left heavy handed mm-hmm. yeah so. other than those two i think the nerds could use some work just make them less big bang theory because I, I almost feel like they're ahead of their time on kind of highlighting the kind of uh the toxic issues with kind of nerds like this mm-hmm. um but they just i don't know they were so broad that it's really hard to take them seriously i mean warren's the only one who really crosses that threshold but i just feel like they could have done a better job with them I've never seen more than 10 minutes of Big Bang Theory. Which one of those nerds gets like flayed? Unfortunately. <laughs> none of them, none unfortunately. Of them, yeah. Bummer. Bummer. I figured that's why the, the spinoff is called Young Sheldon. Because <laughs> old Sheldon's. Will <laughs> showed up and flayed him. Old yeah. Sheldon got skinned. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do our power rankings. I've got 11. I have 15. Wow. Uh, Amanda, do you have any power rankings? Wait, what is the power ranking? Uh, now, this part I know I mentioned to you. Uh, we ranked the, I, we ranked the characters at the end from the episodes we watched. Um, how do we define this? I guess we've been doing it so long that I don't really know how we. It, it doesn't really say, matter. We just put them in a ranking. It's completely arbitrary. Okay, why don't you guys just do your power rankings? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Just, well, you just do comment you. on them as we do. <laughs> Marco, you do your uh, fifteen through eleven. Uh, 15, The Mustard Man. <laughs> oh. 14, Sharky. 13, The Demon Wizard Man from the opening of Once More a Feeling. I love that guy. Um, 12, uh, you know, I'm going to make a quick switch here. 12, The Troika of Nerds. And 11, what did you say? Do you have 11? Yeah, 11, yeah. Uh, um, my number 11 will be The Parking Ticket Woman. <laughs> wow. Uh, I have the nerd trio, the Twika at number 11. They're just pretty awful. Yeah. Uh, at 10, um, they will appear elsewhere on my list as well, but I have Joan and Randy. Wow. Okay. Uh, just for ready, Randy, ready, Joan. I've got Amy, the rat at number 10. I don't know. I understand she's uh, probably got some trauma to deal with after being a rat for three years, but she's like really quick into like, how can I fuck with Willow's life? I mean, maybe yeah. it would have made sense if this was like revenge. For like leaving her in a cage for three years or something. Yeah. To be fair, Willow didn't turn her into a rat. Amy yeah. turned herself into a rat. He did. She turned into a bird or something. Anyway, um, I just realized I don't have Amy on my list at all. Mm. I fucked up. I fucked up. Uh, number nine, I've got Sweet. Okay, I put Dawn at number nine. Mm. Sorry, Dawn, but yeah. Uh, number eight, I've got Dawn and her ginormous milkshake. But the magically just doesn't diminish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The magic milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> I've got sweet at number eight. I just picture Tara watching that milkshake that doesn't diminish and being like, what's Willow up to now? Where is it going? <laughs> uh, so you, eight, you got sweet. Uh, seven, I've got Xander. I should have put him lower. Yeah, that feels <laughs> probably, I have Xander at seven too. That feels about right for him. All right. I wonder if we're going to diverge here. At six, I've got Willow. Ours is probably going to be exactly the same, you know, because uh, okay. I have Willow at number six, too. I don't think they're going to be exactly the same. Okay. I have a feeling there's one character okay. will change. Five, I've got Anya. Okay, so yeah, I've got Giles at number five. He got downgraded a little for just piecing out on Buffy right when she needed it most. Oh. I know it's not in the episodes we watch, but I'm still uh, haunted and titillated by you rank arrogant amateur. 
um, for Tara. Okay, I've got on the highest. I was say highest I've ever had Tara, just because she finally stands up for herself, and she's like, "Hey, guess what? I've been on the show for three years now. I'm a real character." <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got Anya at number four. It's a good, wow. good run for Anya here, except for the fact that she's engaged to Xander, who clearly doesn't <laughs> want to marry her. It's just a bad place to be. When she could have been engaged to Giles, honestly. And it wouldn't even be weird because she's a thousand years old. Yeah. Which is a shocker because, uh, well, he's not my number three. He would be. Uh, my number two, or my number three is Spike. Hmm, okay. Charles' uh, son. I have Tara at number three. I feel like she, I, you know, I, I ranked her song high, so I was a big fan of that. And I feel like she really has a lot more agency than she typically does on this show. Like, they allowed her to, like, have her own scenes that aren't with Willow, you know, like, big, yeah. big advance for Tara. Yeah, she's got several scenes with Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what did you say? She gets by patty cake with, with uh, Anya at one point? Thumb wrestling. Thumb wrestling, right, right. Uh, two, I have Giles. Um, again, wow. it's, it's, it's partially from some of the other scenes in season six. But uh, yeah, I wish he wasn't leaving for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and as always, we have Buffy at number one, just because mm-hmm. it's really hard to rank anyone above her. No, she should always be at number one. Mm-hmm. It's this show. I mean, that's what we've been talking about when we do this. Like, it's that's the thing about this show. It's it's not cool if other shows. It's not always true if other shows where the main character is your favorite character. But it's always with Buffy. All right. So it's we interesting because I feel like a lot of people do not would not call Buffy their favorite character. I guess I could only see that in that like it's you almost like take her off the table. Mm. Hey, like if you're gonna pick a main character, because I feel like it should always be Buffy in a way. Um, but it's like, okay, well, besides Buffy, who's your favorite character? Yeah. No, I don't know. I've just seen a lot of people not have her mm-hmm. as their favorite, which is interesting to me because especially watching it back, like now watching it more mm-hmm. critically, like she's definitely my favorite character, but I don't know that I would have said she was, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely feel like rewatching or reframing now has been better for other characters that I didn't take as seriously, like Cordelia. Mm, I mm. love Cordelia. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, your podcast, thank God, like pointing out, like whenever Cordelia has something sensible to say that no one else will listen to. She usually does. Yeah. But then she went to Angel. Ugh. All right. And they, and it was great until they ruined it. So we got to figure out what episodes to watch for the second half of the season. I think we already had some ideas for this. I know we're going to do scene red, unfortunately. <laughs> I also want to do normal again. That's the one where like she thinks it's all a dream or something, right? Or a hallucination. Yeah. Um. So what you said last week was, or two weeks ago was normal again, older and far away, and seeing red. I'm going to get Riley back in here. Oh, no, oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I guess that works. So 14, 17, and 19. And then I'll I'll probably watch the finale just to. I'm definitely going to watch the finale because I mean you know we talk about again like a certain type of X Men esque plotting to mm-hmm. Buffy that that's what the finale definitely or the last few episodes definitely feels like to me I mean, I mean hello we call it the Dark Willow saga like or whatever like <laughs> it's um all right well thank you for joining us Amanda that was a lot of fun yes, thank, you. thank you for having me. Thanks for bringing um, your expertise to the show. <laughs> and and tell people where to find your podcast. Oh, yeah. 
if uh if anyone would like to check it out i co-host a buffy vampire slayer podcast called fire bad tree pretty uh we are on something of an unplanned hiatus right now because i am moving and everything is a mess but we are uh hoping to get back into it shortly and um yeah it's it's stupid but you're welcome to listen to it (laughs) you you really go hard on the the uh like the sources of commerce in sunnydale like the shackle shack listen where everyone buys their shackles (laughs) for quality products So it's one of the only recession-proof businesses in Sunnydale. Or, and I don't know if you remember this, James. I didn't. I totally forgot about this. Uh, sortorially, what is the thing that people attack Obama the most for? Tan remember? suit. It's tan suit. And then I found out from from Amanda and Lydia that apparently Angel wears like a tan outfit at one yeah. point on Buffy. I think I, yeah. I think I vaguely remember that. Well, yeah, it's it's weird too when he's wearing it. I like listened to your podcast weird. and I was like, I don't believe this. But I'm not going to go back and verify it. No, it is weird. It's very strange. It doesn't look right on him. But yeah, um, you know, love Buffy. Love talking about Buffy. Happy to do it anytime. So awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, you guys too. Have a good night. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.